He only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me back in the studio is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, as we avenge into episode 69 today, April 28th. 2018 to get the most out of joygasm follow us on social media of choice and youtube just do a search for joygasm tv in addition to itunes and android you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn radio stitcher and soundcloud.com slash joygasm tv also for exclusive access check us out at patreon.com slash joygasm and no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show you know the drill drop us a subscription thumbs up or a review it helps us build awareness which we always appreciate just in case you couldn't tell, this episode is going to be dedicated to... Oh, yeah! The review! <laughs> the triumph! The badassery that is Avengers Infinity War. And I'm looking deep into my sibling's eyes. I see a lot there to like. It is a staple in this year, Russ, I do believe. It is indeed. I, for one, am extremely just... I'm filled with joy, Steve. <laughs> I've, I've had a lot of uh, joygasms over the past 24 hours here, and uh, I will have you know it's not just limited to the movie. This episode actually marks our one-year anniversary of... The Joygasm Show. 
And it is uh, episode 69, so I have one thing to say to that. <laughs> giggity. Giggity, giggity, gum, gum, giggity. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps it was fate. Some people may see coincidence. I don't know. I, I think it's more prophetic than that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, it's, it's, it's too, I don't know. It's just too perfect that our one-year anniversary of Joygasm felt or felt. Felt? It well, both fell I'm and about felt. So I felt something. <laughs> Ross, watch your hand on me. Uh, no, but I think I think it's just it's a big milestone for us. You know, it's a big accomplishment for you and I because we have been at this now for a year, which is funny because we've been doing one episode per week. And so typically you'd only have 52 episodes, but actually if you have been following the show, we, we actually started doing two episodes per week and then realized that's, <laughs> it's a ton of work to do. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we ended up kind of scaling back to just once a week, which I think everybody preferred anyway, just because everybody has multiple podcasts they listen to and it's just difficult to kind of keep up with with all of the the hoopla all mm-hmm. of what's going on so no it ended up working out great so were we and I, honestly i'm <laughs> just really glad that it, it like our one year fell on episode 69 i think that's just hilarious but anyway i do think that we have come um a significant way from when we first got started and I mean, just thinking about when we initially got started in in my closet, and <laughs> we're completely just scrunched in there with the uh, the dirty clothes hamper being used <laughs> to balance on the, the rail, <laughs> yeah, balance the laptop on, balance the microphone on, and <laughs> balance the hamper, balance yeah yeah. Jeez. <laughs> don't move too much. Oh, Sherry, but, oh, don't forget sharing one microphone. Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Sharing one microphone and just being able to. Oh man. I don't know. Like, like it, it was the absolute uh, beginner origin story, uh, <laughs> if there ever was one. But I, I'm glad that we can say that. I'm glad that we can look back on that. And then, of course, where we are today, we're we're just in a different part of my house. But the coolest thing is, is that we do have fun plans to be able to continue pushing this forward with the production values. And of course, we want to eventually get into video, which. Um, we have a goal for ourselves. We're not sure if we're going to be able to achieve this goal, but I think it's worth mentioning the fact that we are going to be attempting to go into the video portion of our show by the end of May. And we'll see if that is a reality or not. It may get pushed back a little bit, but just so you guys know, I mean, this is what we are trying to strive for. That's the goal. It is. It's really the goal. And and really that's where the Patreon support comes into play, right? It's just that we've selected different types of equipment, be able to identify what it is that we need in order to make the leap. And we don't want to do just this amateur iPhone style <laughs> video capture. We want to do this right. We want to be able to have it um, be professional. We don't want to selfie stick it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting tired of holding this camera for an hour and 19 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just need, we need to go in and, and uh, do the set decoration, do the, the cameras, the lighting, everything just, just have it be correct. Have it be on point. And so, Anybody who is a fan of the show, if, if you like what you're hearing, we think that that is wonderful. And we definitely encourage you to go check out patreon.com slash joygasm just to be able to um, pledge whatever you can to the show. And that really does help us 
uh, be able to budget for this this big kind of adventure that we're on. So even if it's just a buck. Oh yeah, one dollar. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what happens when people say, "Oh well, you know, if I give a dollar, then how, well, that's not going to really do that much of a difference." Well, if everybody actually acted on that, it's amazing right. how all of a sudden we could have some semblance of a budget to be able to continue building this up. But we'll we'll just see how it, how it goes along. We'll probably have to take out a loan or something like that, a little personal loan action. But um, we are definitely committed to this show, and we want to make it the best it can be. And so. The biggest thing for us, too, is just doing it not only for ourselves, but doing it for all of you as well. I think that that's one of the most rewarding aspects to this show. But I think, like I said, I think it's a, it's a big accomplishment for us just in terms of when we first got started. And you and I were just talking in my backyard one day about like how we should do this show. And we didn't really know how to get things started. Everything's been based off of research. I mean, I have a background in... Um, video production and motion graphics and stuff. So I have that area. But when it comes to a lot of this podcasting stuff, I mean, we've had to really... And I have a background in (laughs) talking. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, I got to say, I'm just, I'm a huge happy camper in terms of the fact that we have now turned one year old, Mm -hmm. which I think is, is, is a great thing. And then, of course, seeing Avengers Infinity War... And even playing God of War for PlayStation 4, which we'll talk about uh, on next episode because we want to get into the just the, the epicness mm. that is Avengers Infinity War. So, Steve! Can't talk about both of us. I know, I Too know. Too much to talk about one episode. I know, there's just, there's just a lot to talk about. So... I just I want to I want to hear what you have to say. High level thoughts. I guess before you actually do that, we'll I I should mention as always what we're going to do at first is we'll we'll just give our high level spoiler free reaction review of the film, and then we will deep dive into the spoiler zone where we will be able to analyze all the different aspects to the film. Don't want to ruin it for anybody. Continue. Ah, Well, I think I should preface this by. what had happened before the movie? Absolutely, because that really the, the, it goes to the monumentalness of the film. Mm-hmm. So Russ and I were going back and forth, like, oh, "What time should we go? What day should we go?" I'm like, "Russ, you know what? I don't want to rush. You know, I I've been working all day. You know, uh, my schedule's not as free as yours is. You know, you have more control over it than I do. So whatever, get out of work and." I put in my GPS about where to go because I'm still trying to learn the area. And the GPS brings me like to what I think is the wrong place. And so then I throw it in the GPS again and it brings me to a second place. And then I'm on the phone with Russ trying to hold my sanity together because now I'm pushing it. You know, I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna get, it's going to take 15 minutes to get there. I'll wind up, you know, saying, saying hi to Russ, you know, maybe getting some to eat, you know, after work, whatever. It's going to be nice. We'd waltz into the show, sit down and have fun. Well, an hour and 20 minutes later, <laughs> I'm like hustling through the mall trying to get to the IMAX and uh, I'm like barely holding my sanity together because I had this perfect notion of how things were going to be and now they weren't that way at all <laughs> and I'm freaking out and then um, so Russell's like, okay, I see you, I see you, just go up the escalator, of course, like, there's a ton of people who won't move out of the way. Oh man, so we walk into the theater 
all the previews had played and it was right on the scene where like the sound began, the Marvel pages are flipping through, the lights have turned like the darkest. I mean, yep. perfect timing. I, I really wanted to see all the previews, to be honest. Um, maybe, you know, when I go see the movie again, uh-huh. you know, I'll, 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 everything will be perfect. But uh, I should also say that it was a long day at work and I was starving at this point. I had a splitting headache, like the, the front left quadrant of my <laughs> dome was <laughs> splitting me open. I swear it hurt. So I'm like, I'm I'm in like the, the worst mood. I was about to just go home and start over again. <laughs> Reset. And then I sit down. Put on the 3D glasses, which I thought, oh crap! You know, like I yeah, I remember you gave me the look. 3D. You're like, really, 3D glasses? I'm like, they didn't have one that didn't have 3D. <laughs> so, and then I felt bad for doing that because you know you had done so much work trying to get the seats and the tickets. I'm like, oh man, my negativity. I swear, I gotta shut up. So sitting there, throw my glasses. Everything's quiet, and the crowd doesn't say a peep. Mm-hmm. Everything's quiet. Everything turns I mean, and. I'm trying to remember like, okay, what happened in, in Thor Ragnarok? And okay, what happened in Guardians of the Galaxy? And then what happened in, you know, and, and <laughs> I'm trying to like pair all my thoughts. Like, okay, I'm trying to collect everything from all these Marvel movies that yeah, have come out. Yeah. And then the movie begins and uh, man, it just takes you on this ride, on the on this roller coaster ride mm-hmm. and it does not let you go. No. So, and I thought, okay, you know, Marvel's had a ton of movies out. I mean, what are we on? Like the... The 20... This is number 19. I was going to say 2019th movie <laughs> from Marvel. So it's like they have a bar they have to meet. Like, they, they you know, they got to keep on raising it because people are kind of getting saturated. We've right. talked about in this film. Right. Or talked about this. <laughs> we talked about in previous episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, and, and they held it. They even raised it. Yeah. I mean, they... Wow. I was, I was thinking in my critical little brain about, you know, stuff that I maybe you know, would pick here and there, bing, 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 bing. Man, but I'm telling you, like, I forgot every movie that I've probably seen this year or anything about any other movie. Yeah. Like, right now is where every other movie has to compare. Yeah. That's how I feel. And that's saying something considering the fact that, like what you just said, you, you were, you know, almost, technically you were late. You were 15 oh, minutes yeah. late. By the time I got there, I think I was 20. Yeah, but I mean, luckily all the different advertisements and previews were playing out. So, like, you were coming off of that. You couldn't just gingerly walk in and just prepare yourself. And on top of that, like you said, you had a splitting headache, which actually, I, when I first got there, because I... <laughs> Actually, I got to tell you guys, this was my second time seeing it. I saw this movie twice in one day, but the first time I went there, I, I too had a splitting headache and then l- luckily it went away. Um, but I mean, that that is a testament to how good this movie was just because you were not in a perfect movie going no. mood. You're not, you're not in that, that setup to be able to sit down and just enjoy it. And then I, I mean, I absolutely loved looking at your face when we walked out of the theater because I could just tell. I mean, even even when we were sitting in there waiting for the Easter egg at the end, which, by the way, in case you don't know, uh, wait till the end because there is an Easter egg, of course, just like every other Marvel movie. But I mean, like, like we started talking about it right away. We have kind of like a cardinal rule, like, you know, like don't talk about the movie until we do the podcast because we want to be able to just have it be as fresh as possible. But we couldn't contain ourselves couldn't with this one. No, like the cup was overflowing. I couldn't like, wow. I mean, there, I, it's, there's few and far between when I, when after the movie, you don't care. I mean, 
a lot of folks obviously knew there was going to be Easter eggs. They wouldn't leave yet. Yeah. But so many people were talking in the theater about, oh, this happened and that happened. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about this? And, then, and so many people loved the movie and people were applauding it at the end. And it was like no problem to sit through the music. The yeah. music was good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean, that, that's not a spoiler. I mean, that's, you know, beautiful music. Anyway. So, and then when we're leaving, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I had such a good time watching. I just want to go sit down again. And I think I said that on the way out. Yeah, you did. Um, and I loved the crowd that we were with there. I mean, that there, that is one piece that'll keep folks coming back to the theater experience is the folks who go out of their way, pre-purchase tickets, get there on time and they want to have a wonderful experience in the theater. Yeah. Nobody cut up. You didn't hear a cell phone ringing. Mm -mm. You didn't, nobody dumped their drink on the back of somebody else. You know, I mean, and the place was, you know, Wow. I just wanted to sit there and talk to people. I wish I would have, you know, got there earlier so I could talk to some of the people. Sure, sure. ah, The first time I saw the film, actually, that happened to me. Like, by the time the film was over, I had complete strangers on both sides of me talking to me. Like, we, I mean, we were all leaning into each other's, like, spaces being like, can you believe what just like, oh my gosh, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it was was the coolest thing because you have that commonality. It was almost like, diehard sports fans when they're watching like the Super Bowl or right. something and they're at a bar. Right. They don't know each other. They're, you know, they, they, uh, cheer together. They boo together. They <laughs> grab each other's shoulders. They, <laughs> yeah. they embrace and then they go home and like, Oh, how, how was it? And, oh, it was okay. I saw it with some guys and it was fun. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I mean that, that was like kind of like the, the, the geek version of that with this film. And it's just, man, here's, my thing about it from a high level standpoint is that this film is what the last Jedi should have been. Oh, easy, yeah. And for those of you who both listen to our reviews of uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, as well as those of you who have not, if you have not, I suggest you you definitely go back and check it out because the two biggest issues that I identified in Star Wars: the Last Jedi are concept versus execution and instant gratification. Those were the two biggest issues within The Last Jedi that, in my opinion, as well as several others out there, found that 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 was what what ultimately caused The Last Jedi not to be as good as it could have easily been. It could have easily been like like this this tremendous film. And it had good parts to it, but ultimately there were too many bad decisions that were made and it just caused the film to just like I said, just not be um, very good in my estimation. Right. You know, what was a, uh, quite a, um, a triumph is the, the Russo brothers. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, if you think about the rest of the Avengers films, everybody has seen, everybody either liked or thought it was okay, whatever. Yeah. They all had many different directors. And so you had the Russo brothers take the stories that everyone else has directed. Okay. I want it this way. I want it that way. No, this is how I want it to, and funneled it in mm-hmm. and took good parts from every single movie that's been out. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe shared the same vision, which is difficult. I would think that's very, very difficult. Number one. And number two, you have a plethora of characters. Yeah. And how you only have a certain amount of time you can put, you can give screen time to each person. Right. And the movie was like completely balanced. It was totally, well, it's just like what Thanos said at a certain part that we can get into later on. But, you know, from the trailers, he says perfectly balanced. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think that the Russo brothers are, they must be popping open a, a bottle of champagne because I think that they were probably under a tremendous amount of pressure to be able to make this delivered on the scale that they have. And I think that, that when you look at the other films that they did for the Marvel studios, obviously they did some of the best ones they've done captain America winter soldier. And they also did captain America civil war, both of which are arguably the best Marvel movies um, outside of like the Avengers or even when it was, you know, Avengers infinity war and that's saying something when you think of the fact that this is the 19th film mm-hmm. within the MCU, like, like that is saying something for sure. And so for them to be able to constant, it's like they're, they're, they're constantly at that level where I, I would say they're almost topping themselves. Although going back, I mean, again, the winter soldier is still one of the best movies too. I yeah, mean, just every time you amazing. see it, it's, it's yeah. just so good. Um, but yeah, like I want to go back to my initial comment, which is just the the concept versus execution and the instant gratification. And we'll, we'll be able to deep dive more into this when we go into the spoiler uh, portion of this podcast. But it is so, I mean, just what a textbook example of how to address those two things the right way. Right. I, I mean, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. It's amazing to me because typically we can identify something that we're like, well, I would have done this differently. And there just, there just wasn't any of that. I mean, the movie was just fantastic. I I mean, I remember, you know, of course you you saw me like freaking out every time we would watch one of the Avengers trailers that led up to the release of the film. And even then, I mean, I was just like (laughs) either the marketing folks are on their A game and they've completely sold me on this or this is how the film's actually going to be. Yeah. I think it should also be said that, you know, being that this is the 19th Marvel film. Yeah. There somewhat there, there's a lot of expectation of, okay, this is this, that, and the other is going to happen. Yeah. You know, this is bound to happen. And there was a lot of stuff that was completely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there was a couple things like, okay, this is going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Someone said this, this is going to lead to that, you know, but that's going to be in every movie. Yeah. But by and large, you've seen everybody's abilities. You've seen this, that, and the other, and you think, okay, this is, I know what's going to happen. There's a ton of stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? This <laughs> just, cause I just, I mean, I know we all thought, but I mean like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how unpredictable it was in terms of what happened to each of the characters and where they found themselves. Like we, we knew kind of a a basic outline of just what we, what was to be expected in terms of just, Oh, Thanos is here and there is going to be these serious repercussions and that sort of thing. But in terms of like, which characters grouped up with each other and the different types of trials and tribulations we found themselves in, for the most part, for me, I can say that like I just I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, obviously, yeah. I knew they were going to yeah. be fighting. There's yeah. fighting in all of them, but in terms of just <laughs> where their character arcs are going and and who ultimately ended up, um, having something happen to them, that yeah. sort of thing. I mean, it's it's. Oh, I mean, every turn, I, I like you said, it was a roller coaster ride. I mean, I felt just so fulfilled by the end of it. Uh, I mean, literally it was like, like my goblet was overflowing with 
joygasm. Like yeah. it was just like, yes, <laughs> this is just great. <laughs> Tastes so good. <laughs> the uh, I would start to say this is the most expressive Avengers film. Yes. Yeah. And the music. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I mean, true. Alan Silvestri did. I mean, and he's he's been a part of the the previous Avenger movies, but the the soundtrack. My gosh, I mean, like it just it had just that that Thanos sound I was looking for. And I mean, you were right, right at the beginning. Did you notice at the beginning instead of the, the fanfare that you normally hear? Actually, no, you know, you didn't. Cause you, cause we walked in like, like right as that was going on, had we been sitting there, you know, typically there's the Marvel studios fanfare music that plays and it's all swashbuckling and, and just, you know, it's, it's like a, a big fanfare thing. They did not play that. Oh, at the beginning and it acted as the perfect foreshadow as to what was, how this, well, it just set the tone for the entire film. And I love little like nuances like that little, little attention to detail. It just, it's just great. Cause like for some folks who um, just go in to watch the movie and have a good time, it affects them on a subconscious level, but just other people who like to nerd out about that kind of thing. Like I do. I mean, I just, I just immediately picked up on that. I was like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Oh, this is good. <laughs> did you have any other high level thoughts? Uh, I, you know, I did. And I, I had one last one and I forgot. Oh, you know what? I, I did, but it actually has nothing to do with the movie. So <laughs> it's actually, it's a, it's a side note. So my girlfriend's in Disney world right now in uh-huh. Florida. Right. And so she was sending me video of, some of the Star Wars oh. stuff that was going on. Like, you know, they have a march of stormtroopers that pass by. Sure. Or and I and I looked at the video after seeing Avengers and I and I didn't really, I thought for a split second, oh, that's kind of cool. But you know what would be cooler? Oh man, if they had Thanos walking through, like, you know, if Disney World had some Thanos, like big character yeah. walking through with some of his, you know, assassin, henchmen, whatever. I mean, I would be... Stopped in my tracks. <laughs> I don't, man, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And then I got to start thinking about maybe if there's an Iron Man roller coaster, that'd be pretty sweet too. I think that there's, gosh, I want to say, did, did we talk about how they're, they're playing on building like a Marvel yeah, land or whatever? I think we did about 13 episodes ago. <laughs> I can't keep track of all these news articles anymore. It's like, oh, well, here's like an update to something or other. All right, Steve, I think we should uh, don the spoiler elevator. Only this time, I think we shall put on our spandex. Here we go. My cape is ironed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, my cape has a a blue shield to it. (laughs) Come with me, sidekick. (laughs) Like... Wakanda forever, bruh. <laughs> Come with me to glory! <laughs> and of course, that was the Marvel Studios fanfare, which was not played at the beginning of the movie, but figured it was fitting for the spoiler alert version of what we're going to talk about, which is the Avengers Infinity War. So please... For the, for the love that's that's pure in this world, do not listen to this part if you have not seen the movie. Yes, yes. If you have not seen it, definitely stop playing this because you need to go see it first. Unless you're a masochist. And then come back. Yeah. All right. So, cast and crew. <laughs> 
as we've been talking about, even before the movie came out, there has been they all sucked. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you look at the the, the cast list and oh, I, there's so many people involved with this. I was actually talking to someone who actually has had a uh, role in working on the film. No, and there is a rumor going around about how Disney actually. Um, has invested probably a billion dollars when all is said and done uh, for both films. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, it gives you an idea of just how many people are involved with this thing. I mean, there's just a lot that's going on, but um, in terms of the cast question for you, actually, yeah. who did you like the best? Which character did you like mm. the best? Which actor? Man, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I was trying to decide. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I tell you. Um, <laughs> okay, so I, uh, <laughs> I almost want to say Vision. Um, or the character who plays Vision, I, I looked him up earlier. I'll, I'll find him in a second. But uh, he, I don't know what it oh, is. Oh, you're talking about Paul Bettany. Yeah, okay. So watching him... I, I, I would think Vision is a hard character to encompass because uh, he had he's a multiple different AIs or, or algorithms and whatnot. Well, he used to be and Jarvis. Exactly. But he's got the Infinity Stone. And they were talking about all these different... He's Jarvis, but he's a lot more than that. Yeah, right? like there there are like aspects to Bruce Banner right, and right, Tony right. Stark. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's got a lot of... So he has multiple, in a way, multiple personalities, but that make up his single personality, right? Yeah, because they all had uh, involvement with his code. Right, exactly. So he's made of multiple codes, and he obviously has this relationship with... Scarlet Witch. Uh, the Olsen chick. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, to see, to, to know... <laughs> that would be Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> um, to see you know his complex makeup, and then to see the, the very pure love that he had for her. Yeah. Oh man, that was strong. For, mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching that thinking, man, that that's good acting. Very expressive for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I thought what the director did with him as far as his fighting kind of sucked. Like he was a major disappointment. So I thought, okay, he's, I don't know if he's, who was my favorite. There's a lot of things that I loved about him in the movie. And a lot of things I didn't like about him in the movie at the same time. Same thing with Tony Stark. I thought, I mean, Iron Man kicked this whole thing off. Yeah, yeah. And so to see him, to see him on the screen every time does not disappoint. I mean, he so owns the role, and Mm -hmm. I love seeing him on screen. I do not want them to kill Iron Man. Uh And then there was Peter Parker, Uh who again was very expressive. I loved seeing Spider Man throughout every scene he was in. Yeah. Um. Golly, uh, oh, man, I don't even know. Perfectly balanced. <laughs> um, it keeps returning, doesn't it? I didn't really care for Bruce Banner's character too much, so I'm gonna leave him out. Um, man, you know who was really cool? Nah, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would. It would have to be between between. I think the, those. I still have yet to see the, the the full version. I've seen the animated version, but not the 
the full the video version of Doctor Strange. It's on my Netflix. List. You haven't I, seen the whole I, movie? I told myself I was going to watch it before the Avengers came out. I never did. Oh my gosh, that's a good movie. I know it is. Yeah, I, I keep hearing you say that, and, I, and I've seen the animated version, so I know what happens. Oh, that's nothing. You but, need you need to watch the live action. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I'll do that tonight. Man, sorry. Yeah, what you saw in this movie is like but a taste of yeah. what you see in the actual Doctor Strange. I mean, Doctor Strange movie is a trippy movie because yeah. it's all based on him, like you said, protecting yeah. your reality. Yeah. And then there was, I mean, I, I love what Quill, uh, Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, he was doing stuff that I don't know about. So I don't even know. But Thor was a was redonkulous. I mean, I was yelling in the theater. I mean, that's the Thor that I've been waiting for <laughs> for the longest time, and they uh-huh. finally gave him to me. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I it's hard to pick one. It really is. It, I, I was thinking about it too, and and I'm just I keep going down the list, and you named off quite a few that really stood out to me. But at the same time, I mean, Gamora. Like, I think one of the um, most refreshing approaches that they did with this film is that they really took certain characters that played kind of more supportive roles in the previous Marvel films and push them to the front where like you're getting a lot more character development and exposition as a result. And then you, as a viewer, you're watching it and you're just thinking to yourself, man, like I'm just, I am really starting to, to, dig this particular character more than I thought I would, you know, like instead of them just being, Oh, there, there's some eye candy on screen or something like, Whoa, like there's a, there's some fascinating attributes to these different characters. And so I, it's, it's difficult to say, but you know, I have to say probably my favorite character in the whole thing is Thanos. I was just about to say Thanos. I'm like, man, you can't, you, we can't end this little part without mentioning Thanos. Yeah, no, I think that Thanos was hands down my favorite character out of the entire film. And it's, I mean, I don't say that lightly just because there were such great performances from all the different actors and actresses. But what's a major triumph in that regard is the fact that, okay, Josh Brolin is the, is the actor who they you know, he, they used his voice. They, you could see he had some of his likeness in his face and stuff. He did a fabulous job playing as Thanos. And on top of that, all of the CG artists, whether they're from industrial light and magic or they're from the other uh, effects houses and whatnot, they did such a masterful job bringing Thanos to life. This is a fully synthetic character that was in a two and a half, two hours and 36 minute movie. And he was able to make me a believer that this character existed right along real life actors right. and the, the, the range of emotion that you saw on his face and just the, the determination and the commanding presence that he had, everything that was there. That's a huge deal considering the fact that, that they've been wrestling with this type of approach for, I would say almost 20 years now. I mean, like the first digital uh, actor, so to speak was Jar Jar Binks. And that came <laughs> out in 1999 and what a huge just leap they've had since that time. I mean, it's, it's been, I mean, basically, what is that? That's basically 19 years. Yeah. Well, to be quite honest, and it's, they've struggled with it from the last five years. 
yeah. probably the last 10. And we've been talking about it a lot on this show where they go, where we're saying in video games with the motion capture, you can tell where the weight is. If something jumps from a cliff right. to cliff, you can tell uh, where the weight's being distributed. And in the movies, it's a little bit harder. They look kind of like Gumby yeah. in a way. And this, I don't know what, not only did they up the ante, it seemed like with the resolution. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just the 3D. Maybe it was just the 3D, but no, I mean, the whole film actually was shot using IMAX film. It's, okay. I, I think it's the first time a non-documentary oriented film um, was complete from start to finish was I was was shot on IMAX. Man, because it seemed like everything was higher resolution. I mean, even Rocky Raccoon looked yeah like real. Yeah. Um, but back to Thanos. Um, not only, yeah, man, Thanos. This is a newcomer to all these superhero, or Josh Brolin mm. is a newcomer. And the first, let me stop there. The first time I saw Thanos, I think it was on the first Guardians of the Galaxy. The first time you see him actually was in the Easter egg at the end of Avengers. Okay. The first Avengers that came out in 2012, I think it was. Gotcha. And I was thinking, oh, look at this guy. You uh-huh. know, I'm like, he looks stupid like come on I mean, he looks like he's right out of a, a, a you know a video game this is a full-fledged you know theatrical movie big budget right and this is not going to be good and he came out and i'm hypercritical of this stuff you yeah. can already tell already but i've been hypercritical yeah. about it every episode and i'm looking at like the, his pores and i'm looking at the expression on his face i'm looking at the movement because he was fighting uh hulk for crying out loud yeah and that whole thing was well done. Yeah. Like really well done. And even like when he was speaking and the camera was really close to his face, you could, like his lips, you know, sometimes like when you, when you speak, your, your lips almost like stick it together. Yeah. I mean, that's attention to detail. Yeah. Everything was very articulated. Yeah. Even his eyes. Yeah. Everything. There was um, a lot. I love that battle against Hulk too, just because the Hulk is, is just the hired muscle, right? I mean, right. like, like when, when the Hulk comes out, it's like, wow, okay, now someone's about to get uh, punished hardcore. <laughs> and it was amazing to see how it was a, it was just a, a very straightforward demonstration of how strong and powerful Thanos is too. Thanos is no one to be trifled with. Right. I mean, he's a very natural. If you look in the, the Marvel comic book universe, he's like one of the most powerful villains. I mean, I, I think probably Galactus oh, yeah. may be, you know, on par with, with Thanos, but not, but I I would say Thanos is probably the most powerful villain when he has the gauntlet, when he has all the infinity stones, it makes him the strongest. Yeah. It's just amazing to that. But what was interesting was when he was fighting against the Hulk, I think at that time when he was fighting him, he had like one infinity stone already in his gauntlet. And that really helped to just (laughs) make quick, uh, mincemeat out of, uh, the Hulk and, (laughs) and, you know, knock him unconscious. But um, no, I think Thanos for me was the was my favorite character out of all of them. Having said that, though, like what you were saying, Robert Downey Jr. was just amazing as always. I mean, he he just brings it every single time. You see Iron Man. I mean, he is Tony Stark. It's I, I was thinking about this today is when I was in the shower actually about how Tony Stark just I'm gonna have a hard time when. Robert Downey Jr. just just retires out as Tony Stark and they bring someone else in. I mean, I just, I cannot wrap my mind around who would be Tony Stark other than Robert Downey Jr. It's big shoes to fill. And I feel that way also with like Chris Hemsworth as Thor. You know, he's, he's, he is Thor. Um, 
and a lot just just with the other characters too. I, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is is just a terrific Doctor Strange. Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow again, just she she has played that role just perfectly. Um, I mean, even folks like Chadwick who plays Black Panther, Tom Holland as Spider Man. Tom Holland is is by far and away my favorite um, actor to play Peter Parker. But what do you think of Stan Lee as the bus driver? Oh, I, yeah, that was perfect cameo for him. <laughs> I thought, man, that is that, that was funny. I love seeing him on screen every single time. Just yeah. a treat. You know he's coming out too. But that whole bus scene, that I that was a little nugget. <laughs> it really that was. was a nugget. You were laughing in the theater on that part. Um Man, I mean, they, they just brought me back to Spider-Man in that, and what was that, just like a minute and a yeah, half? Yeah, I mean, Peter Parker's like sacking out. You know, he's probably been crime fighting all night, going to school, studying, taking tests, and now the long bus ride home, uh-huh. you know, on the Brooklyn Bridge, whatever. And uh, so he's sacking out, but you know something's up. They gave me the spider senses. We knew that, seeing the trailer, and I'm glad they did that. Um, but then he, he was like, oh, are you slapping his friend? His friend's like looking for opportunities to like to be his sidekick. You <laughs> I know? love how he definitely does it too. Like he's kind of hitting him on the shoulder and then he kind of slaps him on the cheek. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's something you would do to me. <laughs> I would totally do that. Only, so, only I would do it on purpose. Whereas he did it kind of more like he wasn't watching where he was yeah, trying to get his attention. Yeah, but it was perfect. I wonder if, if, if that was not supposed to happen. If that was just um, <laughs> something that happened on the fly and they're like, yeah, we're using that one. That take, we're using that one in the film. Yeah. Uh, but That's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we're all gonna die. Yeah, you know, I would. I lost it. I thought it was so funny. And to see Peter like jump out, you know, he's throwing on his stuff. He's not like ripping open his shirt. Yeah. He's throwing on. Uh, uh, that was so cool. I mean, it's such a treat to see stuff like that. I mean, right out of the pages of the comic book. It really was. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who we're who we're not uh, thinking of. It was nice seeing Sebastian Stan reprise his role as Winter Soldier. You know, he he's yeah. been kind of out of the the yep. story for a while ever since the at the end of uh, I believe it. Well, he he I think he came back in Civil War, but he, but still, there's just not a lot. That was yeah yeah. There just wasn't a lot um, that we have seen from him, and it's always a welcome um, to, to just to see him on there. I did like this. Another nugget scene was when they were. Uh, um, T'Challa is walking out and he's, he, I forgot what he actually, what he says, but he's talking about, uh, the white wolf. And I can't, I, I yeah. hate, I hate how they call him the white wolf just because I, well, that's li- from the comics. I know, I know. But the white wolf in my mind is, is the witcher. So, oh. so I want to, you know, maybe say something else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It is what it is, but I like to see him doing work, even though he's only has one arm. Yeah. It's like, he's trying to do something good with his life because right. so much of it has been used for bad. I don't know. I love scenes like that. It reminded me of, of scenes from, um, reading Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times Wolverine just wanted to be alone. He wanted to do good, you know, help out some, you know, impoverished just fly under nation. the radar oh, and live yeah. his life. And yeah. So yeah. little nuggets like that. And I'm glad they brought us back to Wakanda and, 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 um, seeing that whole place again that, I mean, the, the theater, I clapped like, yeah, what going on? well, and that was the funnest aspect of the crowd that we were with. And this actually happened with both audiences that I was sitting in was you had these definitive moments, like both times I saw it when captain America first was revealed, both audiences clapped and cheered like, yeah. Although I will say the second time when we were seeing it, the crowd was much more emotional with it. Um, I mean, th- there were full grown men in that theater there who were, were like, yeah, I mean, like, like there wasn't like, like, oh, oh good. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. You know, or little murmurs and stuff. I mean, you heard like 
some pretty uh, testosterone-filled hoops and hollers in yeah. there. There's a lot of Captain America fans. I mean, ever since yeah. Captain America came out, I've been seeing a ton of people was walking around, yeah. Captain America shirts and stuff. Yeah, the, the huge amount of, of Captain America fan out there. And But... <laughs> You know, they also like when Black Widow first was revealed, they they cheered for her. When she looked cool too. She did. Yeah. And then um, who was the other person that that was there with them? It was Captain America, Black Widow, and uh, Falcon. Falcon. Falcon came in and oh, yeah, once again awesome. got a cheer, you know, yeah. from no, the cool. the crowd as well. Yeah. And. I think uh, the other time that that you got that, of course, like what you said, like when all of a sudden you start hearing the music segueing into Wakanda, you know, Black Panther style, and then we see Wakanda again, huge cheer from the crowd, which I knew was going to happen. Right. I mean, just the timing of this is is just masterfully done in terms of how Black Panther the movie was it's it's still in theaters. Like you could still go see Black Panther if you want yeah. to. And now the Avengers Infinity War is out. So I mean that whole crowd that loves Black Panther is now going to see a continuation of that character within Infinity War. And it's just it's just amazing. But you know another scene, a little nugget scene was when um when we first see Don Cheadle, War Machine. Uh-huh. He's talking. He's talking about bureaucratic government BS. You know, yeah, the secretary, secretary of state, or secretary of defense, something like that. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. I was like, oh, the bringing the government thing back in here again, and then, uh, you know, and he's been in physical therapy, of course, because of what happened in yeah. the Civil War, and so you see him, and and uh, Don Cheadle already has like a great smile. So yeah, like, yeah. You know, he warmly greets. Uh, everyone who's coming in and they're just talking about, it. he's like, yeah, well, that's the court marshal and, you know, come on and bring it close. You know, give me a hug sort of thing. Everyone had this warm feeling. They did that scene very well. Very camaraderie-esque. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you just could feel the relief in, in the theater. Gwyneth Paltrow returned into this, which I thought was great as well. I mean, just having really a homecoming of sorts with Infinity War, uh, I think was was just a welcome sight to see. It was great to see the relationship budding where like Tony is thinking about getting married to uh, Pepper Potts. And and of course, we cannot forget about Peter Dinklage. Of course. I have to say this right now, though. I've heard a lot of people say that they were like, eh, whatever, he looked weird. I think that was perfect for Peter Dinklage. It really was. Um, and you know what? This is going to be a side note, but the way they... Uh, the way they made his character, I forgot what his character's name was in the, in the movie. It, uh, you know, I, don't, I can't remember what his name is. But I think the whole concept of, of this uh, monstrous giant dwarf you yeah. know, forging, I think that's an incredible concept. Yeah. Because it brings me back to the Lord of the Rings, uh -huh. and I'm a big fan of that. But the way they made him made me think of the character, I was looking up real because I couldn't remember his name, Bjorn. Bjorn. Oh, Bjorn. Bjorn, um, who was the, the character in The Hobbit, uh -huh. uh, the second Hobbit, I believe who would shapeshift into that large bear. Yeah. That's how, when I read the book, that's how I pictured him. Mm. So anyway, and then, you know, nothing to do with the Avengers, but I thought, they took that out of my imagination. Yeah, Wrong yeah. movie, but still pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's segue over into plot. And th this is going to be a juicy one for sure. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> right from the get-go, this is not your typical Marvel movie. I think it's important to point out that this is a Marvel universe, not a DC universe. 
Some people do not enjoy the persona that Marvel has cultivated over the last 10 years. I know that I have friends who have expressed that, that they think it's, it's a little too lighthearted. It's too plucky. Um, they think it's just not dark enough or have serious consequences. And it's something that I too have identified as one area that they need to rectify. In fact, we've talked about that on the show in the past about just how that is the one area that if we could change or improve upon with the Marvel movies is to add more of a consequential situation. And they, I mean, in my opinion, they straight up did that with infinity war. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they definitely made it darker. Uh, the humor was, was correctly placed too. And that's one of the mm-hmm. criticisms I've been, I've been had for a long time was there are two. Yeah. Like, Where's the, where's the depth? Where's like the danger? Where's the critical moment here? And we're just lighthearted joking through the whole entire thing. And there's no risk it seems. And so they, they chose their timing good with the humor and the rest of it was what we wanted, which is, this is a danger and you all could lose your lives pretty much at a snap of a finger. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's heavy. Well, there, there's just, there's a sense of totality to it. And I think that that is the biggest totality and mortality. Yeah, it's. I think for the longest time, we keep seeing these superheroes who go up against some sort of bad guy, some villain antagonist. But we don't really see any type of fallout from that. The villain, of course, will be vanquished, whether it's Loki being um, put into cast irons or whatever and sent back to, um, I was going to say Isengard, but it's not <laughs> Asgard. <laughs> Um, oh man. Uh, <laughs> he got sent way back over there, man. <laughs> totally different realm. You know, or Ultron gets destroyed or it doesn't, doesn't matter who it is, but there, the, the, the protagonists just walk away and they have like, Oh, some minor little cuts on their faces and stuff. And there's, that's it. And I just, I think that that as a result, it doesn't lend itself to the seriousness or the gravity of the situation. Because every time you see another movie like that come out on another team-based movie, you think, well, they're going to survive. They're going to, you know, just do a bunch of fighting. They'll probably cause billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, property damage, and that'll be it. And I loved how in this movie they stopped that. Right. They changed that. I mean, right from, um, really right out of the gate, they set that tone too, because the first scene is, is Thanos and the black order being on the ship that Thor and, and his people were on and his people are dead. Yeah. I mean, those were the refugees left over from Thor Ragnarok. Right. And it was funny because he said he killed half. I'm like, no, you killed everyone. Yeah. I I was curious about that too, because I'm thinking, is there another planet that there are other refugees that, that were able to escape. I'm not exactly sure. It may have been there. I think there may have been another ship or something that was able to escape during the whole, uh, battle with Hela, you know, Thor's sister. But no, I, I mean, just the fact that we see him handily beat out the Hulk. And then not only that, but we see him kill Loki. Yeah. No, that was, that set the tone right there. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that Thanos, th- there's a certain kind of the look that's in his face is one of of a creature that has seen a lot, 
It, like like it's I w- I wouldn't say is an ancient creature necessarily, but one that just is not to be trifled with, knows just all the ins and outs of of lying versus being manipulative versus you know having to to lay waste to things that sort of thing and it was amazing to me to to watch how there was this display between Loki and Thanos where Loki was outmatched by his own mischief right yeah i mean all of that was like I think that was the coolest thing about Thanos throughout the entire movie was just every time he was interacting with a character, he was always just one step ahead. He was always just able to will whatever it was to, to bring it to heal basically. And so yeah, that, that was a big moment right there because I think, I think Loki's dead. Yeah. I don't know that scene. I've been wait. I mean, part of me has been waiting for Loki to die for the longest time. Yeah, because they just use him for mischief throughout. You know, and yeah, too much plot's being used for mischief. And oh, here he is, and here he's gonna mess up the thing again. You know? Yeah, and I don't know if he's he's dead this time because we've seen so many times where he's died, and it's like no, he keeps on coming back. This time, yeah, he kind of definitely looks like he's dead. But Thor did say, yeah, he might be dead, but then he keeps on coming back. He kind of gave that little. Out, but he also said in that in that same sentence, he's like, "But I don't think he will this time." Yeah, true. And I think too, just the fact that they left the camera on Loki's face after he got tossed down to the floor. I, I, for me, like if they if they were to bring Loki back, I think I would be disappointed. They would if they did, they'd have to bring it back like five or ten years from now. Yeah, and you, and then people would go, "Oh." gosh you know but they would have to do it much longer you know they can't do it like the second or third film or whatever right right so after that takes place we begin to see more of these relationships and i alluded to this a bit when we were talking about the cast but i i loved how they took certain supportive characters like vision scarlet witch or even gamora and bring them really to the forefront in terms of, of these pivotal scenes that ultimately gave Thanos the, the, the infinity stones that he needed to complete his collection on the gauntlet. And I thought that was great just because we saw kind of a buttoning kind of romance happening with vision and Scarlet witch in the past, like with age of Ultron and then in civil war, but you really didn't see a lot of it. You, you just saw little hints of it here and there. Love tension. Yeah. And actually I was um, predicting in this film that there would be um, some sort of, of, sacrifice that happens as a result of, of the romances that have been going on, because those are some of the strongest catalysts for people to avenge basically. And so it was, it was, it was cool. It was satisfying to see that not only from, from them, but also with Gamora and star Lord, but yeah, it, it was, it, it's interesting when it comes to the romance with them, because even though they took the time to showcase that there is feeling there and that sort of thing. And I did feel for them when the certain sacrifices happened, like, like when, when uh, vision was killed or, or that sort of thing. Um, and I think it probably had to do with the fact that the movie itself was PG 13. I think if it was rated R. Oh man, if it was rated R, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> they could have been, had so much more freedom. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. 
but I did, I did really like how you had two of, um, I always, there, there's six infinity stones, right? Uh, yeah. Cause it's four. Yeah. There's yeah, four fingers, four, the thumb, and then the one in the middle. Right. Two out of the six were from those two romantic relationships. And, and, um, both of at which came at such a heavy price. I thought that the setup between Scarlet Witch and Vision, where Scarlet Witch basically had to kill her love in order to save humanity and that sort of thing, was just those are some of the hardest pills to swallow. But from a, a movie experience perspective, man, like, like, I mean, that is you could, it's palpable, like how you could feel her conflict as to how she did not want to do that. And, uh, and the kind of the, the bond, like, like that intimate moment they had where he's telling her it's okay. I'm not going to feel pain. You know, that sort of thing that, that was, that was pretty rough. However, at the same time, looking at the relationship between Thanos and Gamora, again, I, I, for one, draw parallels to Empire Strikes Back. In fact, this movie itself, I draw a lot of strong parallels to Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's just it's something that you have heard me talk about for years and years and years. And when I look at Infinity War, if you think about Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. And there's a big reveal about that that happens in Empire Strikes Back, of course, when they're fighting each other. And then Luke is beaten, gets his hand chopped off. Yeah. The, and the villain um, wins in the end in that one. And the villain does win. And um and then and it's not necessarily like like he totally wins, but he 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 wins that battle, right? Mm-hmm. Like like he's he basically is sends a, a nuclear bomb into the deep into the cerebellum of Luke Skywalker. Um and makes Luke realize that that he um, the 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 one thing that he absolutely hates that he wants to kill is actually his dad, and of course that's that's a big like, iconic moment in pop culture. But um, and of course he goes falling down and he chooses to to not join his father and that sort of thing. So there there's a bit of a parallel with that as it applies to Thanos and Gamora in the sense that instead of a, a father son relationship, it's a father adopted daughter type of relationship that's going on. And instead of him having a secret, a deep, dark secret, she has a secret, which is she knows where the soul stone is. And so having that going on, that relationship of where she, I mean, she, you could tell like one of the big conflicts that she had was fate. You know, it was that, that whole man versus fate thing. Of course, in this case, it's woman versus fate, but, <laughs> um, whoa, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, such a, a wonderful kind of about face with that, because as the Russo brothers, I, I, I know I would be like, okay, I want to have a moment in the film that is as close as I can get it to that moment where Darth Vader reveals, I'm your father, but we can't copy that. How are we going to do it ourselves? And it was amazing how they, how they just flipped that around where instead of the kid or the offspring choosing to fall down the, the cliff or whatever, he has to forcibly do it against her will. So it's the opposite, but the, the, the end result is, is still 
the same of, of them being um, thrown off this, this high point. Of course, Luke doesn't die at the end, but um, I mean, what a, that whole plot point was just amazing because it was at that moment that you realize Thanos really does love her. Yeah. I mean, despite the fact that the guy is just insane and he's, he's just, his whole perspective is just absolutely skewed and, and everything else. I mean, I, to me, it's, it's so easy to have a villain just be one dimensional. It's so easy just to be able to like, Oh, I'm evil. Look at me. I'm a bad guy. Yeah. You know, and you do your cliche cackle and and everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, so giving him that, that dose of humanity, really, I mean, like looking at at just the fact that he realized this is a sacrifice that I have to make. If I'm, if I'm going to have all the infinity stones, I have to sacrifice the one person who I do love. Right. Which I don't think that scene would have been as heavy without the scene where you see how Gamora got involved with Thanos. Mm-hmm. That was well done. That was brutal. That was. I, mean, I, I, I liked it, though. Wait, wait, wait. He, he sees this little kid have toughness about her, and he's about to slaughter you know, half this race, and he just takes her under his wing, and she's clueless who he is. Doesn't, no, doesn't care, really. Right. And, she, and he knows it, and he... Again, he's knowledgeable and was a parent. I mean, he had whatever um, Nebula, right? Mm -hmm. The other daughter. So he gets it being a parent. So he takes her uh, uh, under his wing Mm -hmm. and shows her this little, almost looks like a play toy. This little, you know, switchblade kind of thing, but it's pretty. Yeah. And so she, like a little kid, she's fascinated by it. Wow, this is cool. It feels expensive kind of thing. Right. And he is shrouding her towards the slaughter that's just about to occur. And uh, he even goes, shh, no, look at this. Uh You know, but he doesn't in a a weird, like loving way, like parental way. Yeah. Yeah. Like guarding her. So she wouldn't have to be traumatized by that. You know, the way they did that was really good. Um, And even though, She's been trying to kill him ever since. And <laughs> they've had that kind of tight relationship. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was definitely feeling there because he has raised her to be what she is. Yeah. And uh, even when when <laughs> he says about when she's lying, he goes, you know, you, basically you're not good at that because I didn't teach you it. If right. I taught you how to lie, you would have been good at it. But, if, you know, I can see right through you. Anyway, grabbing her by the arm, I don't know tossing her over. He didn't like, oh, you know, he just like chucked her like, crap, I got to do this. You know, well, even before that, I mean, just him, I, one of my favorite moments in the movie is where he turns around to her because in, because in her mind, she's thinking about, oh, well, you know, the universe just denied him the, the soul stone because he doesn't love anyone and him turning around and you see him crying. You see tears coming down his face. And she mistakens those tears as just like him realizing that he doesn't love anyone and like, you know, oh, woe is me. Like, I can't believe I'm so heartless or whatever. And to have Red Skull, we, we haven't talked about Red Skull yet, right. but the fact that Red Skull said those tears aren't, aren't for him and comes to the realization that like, I remember I had a pit in my stomach. I'm like, especially for someone, I have a daughter. And that hit me in the feels for sure, because I instantly realized when I saw his face, I'm like, 
oh, he's going to do. Yeah. I, oh, he's he's going to throw her over. Oh, he's going to do that? Um, <laughs> I knew, I, I kind of knew that was going to happen, to be honest. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. Uh, but it reminded me of one of these daddy-daughter moments. I don't, have, I don't have kids of my own, but I've been there plenty of times where, you know, a little kid might go, I hate you, dad. Or I hate you. You're the <laughs> you worst. You're my real dad. Yeah, you have to worry. You're the worst. And, you know, as a parent, you got to look past all that stuff. Like, okay, you know, the kid, she doesn't really mean that. You know, it's just part of growing up, maturing. Yeah. And for some reason, that reminded me of that, even though well, he kills her. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just those growing pains that were the tears coming down. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I also loved, of course, Red Skull. Like, that was one of the big surprises of the movie. I was not expecting to see Red Skull at all. What a treat. Haven't seen him since Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to be able to see how he just completely embraced the position that he was in ever since he found himself on that planet after he died and everything else. I mean, it's, it's like he, that was his purpose was to be there. There, I loved how like he didn't even try to try and get off the planet or whatever. I mean, he, he was just, he accepted his fate and that was really just about it. And, and I am. Um, and also too, I mean, like just looking at the difference in terms of villains, you know, we go back to the whole villain thing, you know, red skull was a villain, but looking at him compared to Thanos, I mean, he was just a nobody. Yeah, he was insignificant. He really was. But at the same time, I did love just the, the, the role that he was able to play in that. And a lot of Thanos, I mean, j- just with regards to the fact that he wasn't a, just a, a shallow villain. He wasn't a one-dimensional character. Like, like they actually, I mean, they spent this entire movie just fleshing him out more and more and more. And this goes back to what I was talking about, about with regards to instant gratification is in The Last Jedi, for instance, we don't know anything about Snoke. Right. Like, I was looking forward to to having an entire movie dedicated to Snoke's backstory, to his motivation. What is his purpose? Why is he hellbent on trying to um, rule the First Order and have them go on this, this mission? Why is that? I mean, if it's just, oh, I just want to be in charge and be all powerful. Well, that's boring. Right. Like, like what is driving this character? What is it? Uh, you what, what is more of the, the relationship that he has with Kylo Ren? We don't know. We're never going to know because they decide, Oh, we're just going to, you yeah. know, kill him in, in uh, the first or excuse me, in the last Jedi. And in, you know, in, in the episode that I talk about, they're really, they should have punted like, like once again, it wasn't a bad thing that they killed him. What they should have done is they should have punted that action to the third film. Right. Because at that point, then the audience has more reason to understand like how, how horrible the situation is and just, just how horrible of a character this is, why this character needs to die and that sort of thing. And I love how in infinity war, we get this entire movie that's two and a half hours long. And by the end of it, it's like, man, I really know a lot about Thanos. Yeah. I mean, there's just, I know a lot about what his motivation is. I know a lot about, um, like his purpose of, of just in his mind, he, he, he really does think he's doing the right thing by just as being around as long as he has and seeing the types of, of, um, horrible things that go on. Like his only resolution is, well, I just have to 
kill half the population on every planet, let the other half live and then they'll be able to flourish and prosper. And I'm doing, I'm doing everybody a favor. It's out of mercy and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's sickening, but at the same time, it's like, at the same time, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, and, but, and at the end of the movie, I mean, that's what makes me as a viewer just look at Thanos as man, this is, this is seriously one of the best antagonists I've seen on the silver screen because that last scene where he just, you know, he gets up on, he's on some alien planet and it's morning. And it's just like what he was describing, how he, he like walks out of his little uh, cottage hut thing and he just sits down and he just smiles and he's at peace. That is so unsettling knowing what he just did at the snap of his fingers. So, oh, this is so good. It's so good. I mean, even, when we talk about let, let's let's switch gears a bit and go back to the relationship of Spider-Man and, and uh, Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, what, what did you think of, of that whole thing where like they were going to rescue Dr. Strange from um, I don't even know what the character's name is, but the one that was going to try yeah, and torture yeah, was like Dr. Strange mega telepathy, whatever that guy's name is. He was cool. Um, no, I, I, I think it's interesting. You, you really have to, talk about Tony Stark before you can talk about Spider-Man because Thanos has been in Tony's mind, like just like he referenced mm-hmm. since the last Avengers movie. And well, that was the or, first one or the first one, excuse me. Yep. And so he's been wrestling with that for years. And uh, so now he knows the gravity probably more than the rest of the Avengers do. And he's trying to train up this new kid with a great ability kids in high school and as a guy growing up in high school, you already think you're invincible, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, you have a lot of testosterone, you're growing up, you're getting buff, whatever. You turn into a man, and so you think you're bigger than you actually are, which is precisely what's happening to Peter Parker, especially with his new abilities, right? Mm-hmm. And so Tony sees that. So Tony's trying to tame him. Trying and, to temper and, it. Yeah, temper it and mold him into someone reliable and... Uh, efficient, but at the same time, he doesn't want to do it too much. He wants him to be his own person. So Tony's wrestling with two different, you know, tug, tug of war here. And to have Spider-Man try and do the right thing, go against Tony's rules, but for the good mm-hmm. and as lighthearted as, as uh, Spider-Man already is. Is your so voice lovable. getting a little uh, hoarse over there, Steve? You're doing a lot of talking. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm trying to prepare. I'm trying to collectivize all my many thoughts. This is this is a good thing, though, Steve. It means that we've been talking about this for quite some time, and we have a whole lot more to talk about. <laughs> anyway, either that or I got to hog up a loogie, one of the two. Oh my! <laughs> my power. So, <laughs> so, yeah, no, that whole entire journey, and then him grabbing on to Tony Stark like a father. Which he doesn't have a father anyway. He's been raised by his aunt, right. and uh, I don't know. We I've seen a lot of I don't want to die. I don't want to die, sort of thing. But I, I don't know <laughs> that that scene. Meaning, it's the Spider Man that we love. It's the Iron Man that we love. It's it's the father son uh, camaraderie that we love. Yeah. Um, it's the heroism that we love, and then to have them just turn to ash and fly away mm-hmm. you know yeah that was it wasn't like it was tugging on my on my heartstrings a bunch but yeah it hit me in the feels for sure 
Yeah, I really loved his new outfit, which we can get to later on. But um, the dynamics between Tony Stark and, and Peter Parker are very much, it's almost kind of like an uncle nephew kind of thing in, in its own kind of weird way. But Tony sees a lot of potential in Peter Parker, but he also wants to protect his innocence because right. he realizes that the, the, the events that Tony has gone through himself, like he didn't want to go through those events. He was forcibly pushed through. Yeah. He's looking away. He's looking for a way out. He is. He, he does not want to have to do with any of these types of situations anymore, but he's, you know, he, he knows that he's part of, of a very few pe- amount of people who can actually ward off or, or protect the rest of, the, of earth in order for it to, to continue living and that sort of thing. And so it's like this, it's like this terrible curse that he has. And I think that he sees with Spider-Man, like he, he knows that that Spider-Man has gifts and, and can be helpful and that sort of thing. But at the same time, he wants to protect the innocence and the purity of Peter Parker and not have him, you know, potentially his death on his conscience as well. Cause he's already got enough as there is, you know, as it already stands. And I, for one really loved, I, so this, this is another aspect of the plot that I really enjoyed a lot. And again, I draw parallels to empire strikes back. If you recall in empire strikes back, you have different groups of characters that are at different parts of the galaxy at the same time. And so you're constantly cutting back and forth, whether it's Luke Skywalker and Dagobah getting trained by Yoda, or it's Han Solo with Leia and Chewie, and, and they're in the asteroids trying to evade the Star Destroyers, and they end up going down into the uh, the gullet of that huge space worm. Um, or maybe they're in Cloud City, or, or whatever it is. Like, like you have these, these, these different places that these, these characters are going to and going on these adventures for. And, and ultimately, they'll all come back together again at the end, but you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And so it's, it's very much the same in Infinity War, where you have Thor with Rocket Raccoon and Groot, and they're going to try and make the storm breaker. And that's where we, where we meet uh, Peter Dinklage's character. So they're out doing that sort of thing. And then you have like Gamora and star Lord and Drax. I can't remember uh, Mantis who were going over to nowhere uh, to try and, and um, save the collector with the infinity stone. And then you have Tony and Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and whatnot. They're in that ship that goes to Titan I mean, it's just great because you're able to cut back and forth between these different situations. And on top of that, then you also have like Captain America and Scarlet Witch and the Hulk and a couple others. I can't remember. There's so many characters in this movie, but like they went to Wakanda. Oh yeah. You know, Winter Soldier was in Wakanda as well. And so then they're having a battle that me have four locations and it works. And that is one of the things about Empire Strikes Back that it, and I really like within the first trilogy of Star Wars episodes four, five, and six. And this was something that was really brilliant about those films was that you had these different locations that these characters existed in. Primarily, like I said, in Empire Strikes Back, this is when they did it the best. But having that was constantly keeping the plot moving forward. It was constantly giving us this, this action-packed pace where like as soon as like one segment of the group was moving forward in terms of what was happening with the plot points. Then we cut to what's going on at the other place. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. Like there, this stuff's going on. What's going on now? It's, it's literally like if you're watching like your local news 
and they're talking about like, what's going on, Phil? And someone's in the helicopter. Well, I think we're going to blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that's great. Well, so over there in sports, what do you got going on over there? You know, <laughs> it's an amazing touchdown. Or something, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I just, it's, 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 it's terrific because once again, they're able to bring the, this terrific ensemble together and have these very interesting character relationships develop with, with these folks that you've never seen on screen together. And that was the fun thing too. Like when the guardians of the galaxy first met like Iron Man and, and Spider-Man, Thor, that sort yeah. of thing. Or yeah, when they first met Thor, I mean that whole sequence too, like when uh, star Lord is trying to sound like Thor, that was hilarious. Yeah, That was original too. I'm surprised they haven't done that already, but <laughs> yeah, I know. And they're like, man, this, you know, he's a pirate angel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a pirate and an angel had a baby. Yeah. Drax is awesome. But, he, you know, they, they compare Thor to Quill, and there's almost no comparison. They're both yeah. wonderful people yeah. in their own right, but, you know, they had never seen anything like Thor before. He's like, oh, his muscles are like, what was it? Silk or something. <laughs> I like, can't what remember. in the world? Stop massaging his muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Put his <laughs> arm down. Something that, uh, yeah. Oh, man, it was awesome. I love, too, how, like, they were, like, making little comments about how Star-Lord had gotten a little chubby. And he's yeah. like, okay, apparently I need to bow flex. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, sponsor, and then, and then again, even when it, when it goes back to more of a, a serious note about like like when um, Thanos had Gamora and um, Star Lord was had his blaster trained on her, and just once again, there are parallels even within the same movie itself where. Scarlet Witch had the same conflict. She doesn't want to kill off the person that she loves. Same thing with Star-Lord. And in the instance with um, Star-Lord and Gamora, at that point in time, Thanos had the, um, the, I can't remember, it's like the reality stone or whatever it was, where he can manipulate things at will. So he turned his gunshots into bubbles. Yeah. And once again, like that was a big deal because of the fact that we realized he had actually pulled the trigger. He he had concluded, like he had come to the resolution that this is what had to have happened. And what was really sick and twisted about that was the fact that Thanos looked at him and says, I like you. Yeah. And, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. and he leaves because it plays into the, once again, the totality perspective of what Thanos believes, which is if there's something that has to be done, you must sacrifice anything and everything in order to achieve your goal. That is Thanos to a T. Right. And he just witnessed that within Star-Lord. And as a, as, as a result, Thanos respects Star-Lord. Right, right. This is brilliant. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is storytelling. Right. But at the same time, it's I, I think it's cheap storytelling the way they took, okay, Star-Lord was just about to kill Gamora, mm -hmm. which is love of his life that we know of. Yeah. And he he understands the brevity of the situation. And do I say brevity? Levity. You mean the gravity? Whatever. Lev I don't think, I don't, there, there was no levity in that scene, Steve. <laughs> I think it was gravity. No, 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 no. Later on when they're, they're, trying to, uh, they're trying to pull off the gauntlet, he knows how heavy everything is. Yeah. There's a lot weighing on this to actually be done. This is not some bully that you can just smack across the face. Like, right. why would that even enter in his mind? Yeah. Like, that's not the thing you do. It's not like Peter Quill is unexperienced himself. Right. You know, um, he's been around the galaxy quite a bit. He knows the dangers. You know, he's, he's a survivor. He's a survivor. I mean, he grew up with pirates for crying out loud. Space, space pirates. Space pirates. Space pirates. And, uh, 
so he just side starts hitting him in the face until he ruined the entire plan. Like, are you serious? That well, to me that was just the that was a that was cheap. I didn't think that was cheap. I think that that any man who realizes that the love of his life was killed and it was by the person who is standing right in front of you, you wouldn't be able to keep your cool. I mean, that, that was the biggest thing. And that, once again, that was, an, I'm glad you brought that up because that was yet another fantastic scene was the fact that like they, these characters, these protagonists, these superheroes were, were doing their best to try and get this gauntlet off of Thanos. And it would have worked if Star-Lord didn't lose his cool, but it wasn't even done so in a way, because like, you know, in the past, you've seen certain villains that try and get inside the, the hero's head, right? Like, like you know, the, he could have easily been like, yeah, I was the one who pushed her off. What are you going to do about it? And I liked it too. You know, just that kind of thing where like gets inside. Your, he wasn't doing that. But like Mantis was on his head and she was causing him to be in like this weird, like cat, not catatonic state, but like this weird dream, like, you know, kind of um, just S sedated. sedated. Yeah. But as a result, he was speaking the truth. Like, like, and she, she was saying he has tremendous amount of mourning. He's very sad. And like he, and the way he was responding to star Lord wasn't trying to get into his head. It was like, he was literally spilling his guts out to star Lord. And I loved, um, one of my favorite parts about that too, was just how Tony Stark yelled at him. Remember that there, there's that moment of desperation where he's like, I need you to stay with me. And we almost have this off. Like he's like, just, yeah, I, just to me, like, it could have been written better. It, I don't either written or acted better. I'm not really sure. I, to me, it, it just felt cheapened or something like had that not happened, then we wouldn't have had the outcome we did. What do you mean? As if, yeah, if Pete, if he could have just kept his cool and, maybe beat him up later on or made oh, an effort to saying. beat him up later on. It just happens so quick. Like, Oh, you killed her. Oh, I'm just going to punch you in the face and take that because I'm, I'm pissed off. So well, I'm like, no, nah, I just don't see it. Well, again, you're it. looking at it from a logical point of view. I think that if you, let's say for instance, that you're staring at someone who just killed your girlfriend uh -huh. and there, and you, you had no idea that your girlfriend was dead until that exact moment. I would be shocked if you just kept your cool and you were just logically like, I'm going to wait until this gauntlet comes off and then we're going to have a serious talk about this. Like, no, you're, you you would freak out. And, and I think that was the, the, that's the biggest thing about what they were trying to push within this film is just the fact that when you love someone and especially when you have a situation like that occur where you lose a loved one that they were murdered, um, there's, there's a lot of emotionality that's oh, involved with it. Obviously, yes. <laughs> really? No. But, but, I, the point, I, but what, the point I'm making is, is just I don't feel like that scene was cheap. I think that, that that is exactly... Honestly, I'm surprised he didn't do more. You know, like like he... I think he was trying to restrain himself, but the fact is, is that... I mean, how can he stand by and keep his cool? I, when yeah, I like get it. Happen? Think of Minority Report when he's when Tom Cruise is facing the guy who killed and like molested his son. It was like some pedophile guy was paid, right? And he's looking at him, and it's at that point where he's about to get arrested for the crime he hasn't committed yet. But he's like, "I'm going to kill this man. You killed my son and molested him. Like, there's no way you're walking out of this room part. alive." Yeah, and so he's and then. There's a plot twist. I'm not going to get into it, but 
Tom Cruise basically has to wrestle with this fact of, do I murder this person knowing that this was predicted a while ago versus do I arrest him? And the whole scene was like incredibly moving where you're thinking, yeah, if I was in his shoes, I'd kill the guy for sure. But it was a huge, heavily weighted scene. And I thought if they could use some of that into this, that would have been much more powerful and much more moving. I don't remember the molesting thing. I remember like... Are you talking about like Tom Cruise's character? The one the was when the, when his character was framed when it was set up for stuff or yeah, the, the whole, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember from minority report, like, like there was a scene where um, Tom Cruise was trying to figure out what was going on because there was mm-hmm. a dad who's not a dad, but a husband whose wife was cheating on him with this other guy. And so she had killed him with like his scissors. That, that was at the beginning way in the beginning. Yeah. And then there was uh, another part where like he gets set up due to like this elaborate thing that, that was going on, but I don't remember a kid getting molested. And I, throughout the movie, you see him taking the, these sedative drugs to calm himself because he's so upset because his kid was killed. Okay. And um, Colin Farrell is like the, the government auditor basically who comes in and says right. I'm looking for flaws. I remember that. And then the the three dreamer people basically think of Tom Cruise killing somebody and they get the the red marble and it's, it has his name on and he's trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. He ends up taking one of the uh of the dreamer people with him I remember to try that. and save her, right? Yeah, yeah. And they end up and he takes her with him and they end up being in the exact place that was in the dream, everything happening. Right. And, um, he's now face to face with the killer of his son that he keeps on replaying the, the little home videos from. Okay. And was it the old man? No. Okay. And the dreamer is on the bed going, you don't have to do this. You can change. You can change. And he's, and Tom Cruise has a ton of emotion expression. In his oh, face. I he's remember about that now. Pop this guy six times in the face. Yeah. You know, at, yeah. So, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, but if you had that, some, you know, a piece of that in, in that one scene where with the Avengers, Mm -hmm. I think that would have been up to par with the rest of the writing of, are you talking about in terms of the, like, um, Chris Pratt's performance? Correct. Chris Pratt's performance. Yeah. Or, or just the way it was written out. Yeah. Both basically. Fair enough. So what, were there any other scenes or, uh, plot points that we want to, cover. I loved it when, uh, when Thor is just so cool to watch. I right. mean, like, like just, I love when, when they were trying to get, I don't even know what that was. It was like some forgery or whatever it was, but he like used himself to like have the, the place get restarted. And, um, just the spectacle of that was just amazing. And Peter Dinklage was so funny. Like that guy's comedic timing is just great. Like I can't remember exactly what he said, but I just, I loved his line of when he was talking about like getting killed by the star or something. And, and Thor said something that wasn't quite right. He's like, well, yeah, that's what I mean by when you get killed or something <laughs> like that. I can't remember like how it was, right. but um, I thought that was great. I don't know. Were, were, there, were there any other scenes in there that, that stood out to you? Uh, yeah. Towards the end. I mean, when everyone turned to Ash, I thought, yeah, Mm, no, I mean, I, I know why they did it, but at the same time, personally, I think everyone's coming back or most of them are coming back because they wouldn't just introduce like, for example, black Panther, 
and be like, oh, highly successful film, and we just <laughs> introduced him, now we're going to kill him. You know, Vision, we've hardly been in any screen time whatsoever, just going to kill him. I mean, he, I don't know, he turned from red to purple, and that's like pretty telltale. That, I don't know, maybe, I mean, anything can happen in the comic books. Yeah. Plenty it, of people have been resurrected before. That's the beauty of storytelling, anything exactly. can happen. So, um, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but personally, I think quite a lot of them are coming back. There, there's too much... A, from the business side, there's too much money to be made, number one. And number two, it's just too quick to kill off that many people. So you bring up a good topic about this. Um, from looking at the movie by itself, loved it. Like, w- I went into the theater wanting that to happen because that's how that's what happens in the comic book. You like you you have to have that level of, of casualty in, in, in a movie like this. And so I, for one was really happy to see, I mean, and I, I only guessed like maybe two or three of them correctly. I mean, like it was amazing to me, the, the, the characters that did get killed. And like you said, like you know, Black Panther was one. I was not seeing that coming. Spider Man was one. I totally did not see that coming. Yeah, we just had Spider Man, brand new. Okay, you were going to relaunch the series. <laughs> now he's dead. Your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, everybody loves. Now he's dead. Yeah, I mean, let's think about this. I, I can't remember everybody, but I mean, I, okay. No. So you had Spider Man. You had um, well, pretty much all of the Guardians of the Galaxy are dead. Let's see. Wait, Spider Man. I'm going to try and count this out. Spider Man, Black Panther, Star Lord. You had um, Groot, Drax, Mantis. Uh, you had Rocket Raccoon. No, ro- no, Rocket Raccoon survived. Are you sure? Yep. Uh, you had Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yep. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yep. Who else do we have? Did we have uh, Black Widow? I think Black Widow's still alive. Captain America's still alive. Falcon. Falcon was another one. Uh, War Machine? War Machine was still alive. He was hurting, though. <laughs> I just got out of physical therapy, too. <laughs> Man, life sucks. <laughs> By the way, side note, his whole carpet bombing scene right at the right at the gate where Wakanda starts. Yeah. Was fly- oh, that, oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah, that was yeah. so awesome. I'm having trouble remembering who else. I mean, there are so many There's characters. About, I think I was trying to count on this at the time it was happening. It was about 13, I think. Was it? Yeah. Anyway, huge losses. What was interesting was that both Iron Man and Captain America survived for part one of this, this film, which you and I were like totally like, okay, one of them is going to be kicking the bucket. Yeah. And when, when I first saw the, the movie, and uh, Thanos stabs uh, Tony. I'm like, that's it. Yeah, I that's knew it. it. Yeah, he's out. And uh, but he didn't. I mean, like he he stabbed him kind of like on the side, where like where his gut is, or like rib cage, or love whatever. Handle. His Iron Man love handle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, he was able to use that nanotechnology to help repair like his his wound and that sort of thing. I mean, he's still in rough shape. Yeah. Um. But it does beg the question. Okay, how is this going to end? And I, you know, you bring up a good point about just, are they going to have some sort of miraculous thing where they're able to bring all the heroes back and and they live happily ever after again? Or is there going to be like this sustained fallout? Or are they going to have to somehow choose? Or are they going to have to choose? Yeah. Or like what will happen if, if there is a way where perhaps 
a lot of the characters are able to come back from this that that died um, in this part. But then in part two, what if there are the heroes that survived that then die and somehow the other ones from part one come back? I have, I have no idea what they're planning on doing for that. But I do think that there will be more deaths in the second one. I think that, that we... I am almost 100% certain we will see both Cap and Iron Man die. I think that, that, that it's, it, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to be surprised at this point if, if, if that doesn't happen. But I also find myself asking too, like, what do I want to have happen? Yeah. I mean, do I really want them to come back to life? And, and then, you know, be able to see them move on from, from there, or do I want them to stay dead? And I really, I mean, here's the deal. If everybody dies, then we can't have any more Marvel movies because all those characters are dead. Now, granted in the Marvel universe, there are over 8,000 characters, but these are like characters that I really like. These are the core (laughs) people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'm conflicted myself with, with what it is that I want to see happen. Well, plus Samuel Jackson's character, was it Nick, Nick, Nick Fury? Fury, yeah, oh. and his in uh, the the assistant, I can't remember her name. I know that was great. <laughs> that was so quintessential Samuel Jackson. I kind of thought that part that the way that happened was, I don't know, kind of cheap too. I guess. I mean, if you if you think about it, and your entire body is turning to ash, bones, blood, nerves, vessels, brain, eyes, whatever. Start, it is deteriorating into ash. You're not going to be like, huh, what's happening to me? <laughs> you know, I totally agree. I think that um, that is something that I would have liked to have seen if, if I'm being nitpicky is I want there to be more desperation. Like I think that um, Tom Holland did the best job out of anyone. Right. We're like the way that he was deteriorating at a rapid clip and turning he's to like, ash. He's like, I don't feel good. Yeah. Like if something's happening to me. If something's wrong. I don't feel good. Everyone else just kind of went, Oh huh? yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, come on. This is the end of the movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the Spider-Man part, like, I mean, you could tell he was scared. Yeah. He did not want to die. And I think that I almost wonder if, if perhaps they had a version where people were doing more of that and they had to, to tone it down because yeah. it would have been rated R. Yeah. I, that, there you go. I think that's probably what it Man, was. If, if, if they come out with like an extended version with alternate endings, yeah, I'm so bu- I, I'm buying multiple versions of it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I really do. I really do think that that may have played a hand in that because they're trying to maintain that PG 13 rating and you can only have so much death in a movie before that gets pushed up. And if you have 13 people dying, I mean, that's, that's going to mess with uh, the ratings, but especially if they are acting, if they're really making it seem realistic right. as opposed to just kind of looking up going, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But again, I think for us being fully grown men, <laughs> I think we would have uh, really liked to have seen more of that where, where you, you, you feel that loss, especially the characters that are left behind. I almost thought of the, uh, oh, well, it's not the reckoning. It's the, the rapture. It, that kind of came to my mind a bit while watching that. We're like, you know, you had half the people who were uh, gone and half the people that were, that remained. Uh, definitely uh, that, that kind of popped in the brain there for a bit, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that they thought of that too, right in the, uh, right in the script. 
Yeah. And I can't, you know, one of the things I'll have to look up is I don't remember when the original story of Infinity War was written. I don't know if it was in the 90s or if it was before that. 19... Um, you don't know. In April of 1993. <laughs> you should Google that. <laughs> so... I think we've covered like like the main plot points of the film, I and mean, that that it goes without saying. There is a lot to digest and take in, and God, man, it's just it's just fantastic. Um, in the interest of time, I mean, just just kind of combining some things together, like with the script and the cinematography, special effects. The script, of course, I thought the script was really well done. I I really enjoyed a lot of what Thanos had to say. Once again, Thanos being my favorite character. Um, everyone else, like the quips and the jokes and stuff were great. I mean, they hit their marks and right. it's just fantastic. If you think about it, there really wasn't a ton of dialogue in the film. When you when you think of all the characters that are in there, they, they had certain parts that helped push the story along, but really, I mean, the majority of the dialogue came from Thanos, Gamora, some from Iron Man. Family characters. Uh, family mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. And Star-Lord. And you probably had some of the dialogue also coming from Scarlet Witch as well as Vision. But most of the characters, I mean, the, their dialogue was was not nearly um, in play, I guess you could say, as much as as those characters I just mentioned. But again, it's not necessarily a bad thing just because there is a ton to take in. And at the end of all things, I want to know who Thanos is. I want to get to know who this person is because at the end of the day, when I do, that character becomes that much more terrifying to me. Because I understand how that character thinks. I understand where the motives come from. I understand like just just where like what what the purpose is of this character existing. And when you when you do know those those certain key attributes, then suddenly you're like, man, this is this is awful. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Right. <laughs> it almost begs the question, should we even rate this one? Because it's gonna have a part two, and it's almost like one whole entire movie. You're not the first person to bring that up. Yeah, our, I am. Our good old friend, <laughs> Brad. Well, I didn't talk to Brad. Uh, well, I did. And he is very quick to talk about that. He has mentioned about how this is a two-parter, and so for him, the jury is still out. I think for me personally... Oh, yeah, Russ? Not, I can't speak for the two of us. <laughs> but uh, for me, I think that... I'm going to treat this as if it's almost like a trilogy, even though it's not a trilogy. I think it's going to be, again, it's like Empire Strikes Back. That's a double G. That's a what? (laughs) A double G? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like to think of it as the Empire Strikes Back to the Return of the Jedi. I think that when we see part two, part two is basically going to be the Return of the Jedi to the Empire Strikes Back. Because if you think about the original trilogy of Star Wars, I'm just going to use this as an example. The original Star Wars movie, yeah, you had Darth Vader who escaped at the end, but by and large, everything was wrapped up. I mean, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, we survived and we won. We blew up the Death Star. Everyone's happy. You get some um, nice little medallion uh, awards and stuff. There you go. Good job. (laughs) C-3PO is all shiny looking. I mean, by and large, it was like if they never made Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, I mean, you could have seen, oh, okay, well, that, that movie was done and 
you know, there you go. You're like making a bunch of R2 noises right now. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so the second movie and the third movie, you could tell the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, those were developed at the same time. Like, yeah, George had written, I mean, okay, full disclosure to be oh, fair. Here we go. George had written the treatment for all three films. George. I get that. He at a very high level. He did like this outlined treatment. Um, kind of like Tolkien did with Lord of the Rings. Well, Lord, Lord of the Rings was never meant to be for movies. <laughs> uh, but anyway, when it comes to Infinity War part one and part two, I am for one, I'm treating them as separate movies. And even though like, like the story itself, cause I mean, it can be argued to the fact that all 19 movies is one continuous story. I mean, like if you look through the, like, like they have characters that are, are, are carrying the torch throughout each one of the films. You have certain characters making guest appearances and cameos within other characters, standalone movies, and then they have their team up and then they, they split off and they team up again. There's, there's this, this constant, overarching story that is, is connecting all of these together. It's weaving them all together like that. So, I mean, I can make that argument too saying, well, I mean, this is just part 19 out of the whole entire thing, but I think it's, it's also kind of a one, two punch for me. Cause on the one hand, it's like, if by, <laughs> by looking at this film as a standalone film, it's just, it, it's just a terrific movie. In my opinion, I think it, it's, it's just a, wonderful piece of cinema and it's one of those rare instances where you don't have a happy ending. It's very seldom that you see in movies where you, especially a film like this, where the bad guy wins at least when it comes to part one, when it comes to, you know, when we see part two, there will be more of the reveal. And I, I just don't know what to expect. I'm purposely avoiding reading the, the comic book graphic novel of infinity war. I just, I want to be completely surprised, but I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel? Like, what, what do you want to see? Do you want to see the characters come back to life? Do you want to have them remain dead? I mean, what's your take on it? I think, well, yeah, I want a lot of the characters to come back. I do like the winter soldier. I do like Spider-Man. Um, there hasn't, you know, we've hardly even seen Doctor Strange at all, period. Yeah. And we're being, in a way, reintroduced to all these characters. And we want to see them on screen again. And it's going to be a, a real downer. And kind of like, and it, yeah, I guess a downer because we're expecting it. We want it. And now they're going to go, fluff, okay, sorry. I mean, in a way, it's a big, bold step that Disney did with it. At the same time, it's kind of like a smack in the face. Like, you can't keep them dead. Yeah. You know, we've grown to love these characters. We've, we've paid money and we spent a lot of time. We bought all the merchandise and now you're just going to kill them. Like that's not going to be the way it's going to be. As far as rating the film. I mean, we haven't gotten to actually giving it the stars. No, 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 no. I am not giving it an, an overall rating, but however, I would say if, if I was going to rate this as an independent film, I might rate it a tad bit lower because I haven't seen part two yet. If I see part two and rate it as a whole thing, then I think I rate it a little bit higher. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interessante. I love oh, going to... Um, oh, you know what? Sorry, hold that thought. Isn't, aren't they making another Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Are they? I think they let are. Me, let me imdib it real quick. <laughs> Ah! 
put in a search field and then I gotta type in there and then who was the director of the movie? That's right. I'm gonna type in this here. Maybe Steve's wrong. I'm gonna prove him wrong on the show and then I'm gonna laugh at him. <laughs> so there is <laughs> I like I did my little inner monologue. Okay, so on at least on IMDB. Um they do have it listed. Oh. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for 2020. Directed by James Gunn once again. Written by James Gunn. Um, the plot is unknown. Of there's, there's just there's not a lot of information. Oh, on this, really? Uh, but again, it doesn't look like it's a rumor. I think I think that it is planned. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, unless they have other Guardians from the galaxy that are going to take the place of these other characters, I have no idea. I think I heard Chris Pratt say they're going to make it a third one, but I could have been misdiagnosed. Yeah. Or, or, or like he is going to be in the third one. Yeah. Gosh, I just keep, I keep going back and forth. I think that a lot of it is going to hinge on how they execute part two. They can always reverse time with the gauntlet, Russ. That, well, yeah. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think that- Should we talk about expectations of part two? Or are we going on for like three hours and I don't have a timer in front of me? You know what? Okay, let's get costumes out of the way and then we'll talk about expectations. Okay, they were great. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, Spider-Man's new outfit is awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's freaking awesome. I, I mean, I remember seeing parts of that we were reading uh-huh. about too. You know what was also looked really cool? It was one of Thanos' guys who was uh, putting um, Nebula together. That guy yeah. looked ridiculously yeah. cool. Yeah, he looked really cool. And even the characters, like the female bad guy from, um, not bad guy, bad woman, whatever. They had basically like the, his henchman who made up the black order. She's the one who had those horns kind of coming out. Yeah, You know who she looked like? She looked like the, a sibling from, um, the guard, the, the first guardians of the galaxy movie. Remember when they had the whole dance off? Who was that guy? He was one. Of, he was another henchman of Thanos. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember that? I forgot what his name is. But. I can't remember. Like, yeah, I don't re- recall his name, but yeah, it looked like right. like they could be related. Yeah, she was. She was also a fully CG character. She was. Yes, she was fully CG. Like wow. all of the Black Order were all CG characters. I knew the other dude who was had that staff. Definitely yeah. was, and he was cool. But um, he had the guy who was kind of uh, telepathic. Yeah, telekinetic. Yeah. You know, he's CG and then she was CG. You had the big brute dude who was CG. And then of course the more of the gangly guy that kept trying to stab uh, vision. Yeah. Um, again, just really well done, but all of their costumes were just amazing. A lot of the, the characters, um, I would say their costumes remain largely the same, but I mean, again, seeing all those costumes on screen at once, it's just, it's such a treat for the eyes. You know, I, I Probably should have mentioned this earlier, but another treat was just seeing everyone fight their heart out. Because if you met, if you think about the other movies, yeah, yeah, okay, people are getting hurt a little bit. Okay, yeah, there's danger. You know, people are getting knocked around. They're fighting. They're always, there's always going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. People were they were giving put, it their all. They were giving it their everything. Yeah, they left it all on the table in this movie. They did, yeah. It was it was pretty uh, creepy too. Like when Iron Man, I mean Iron Man. That by the way, his suit was just his suit is always so cool. Right. Like every time, every time we see him, and he's got some sort of like aesthetic improvements and whatnot. And then this one, he has nanotechnology, so all of like the cool like transformations he was able to do on the fly were just super cool. 
Um, I love how like he he had this like combo of stuff he was doing against Thanos, and all he could do was like just nick him, like do a little scratch. He's like, mm. all of that for a drop of blood. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was really cool. And it was cool too, like when he like wiped his head and you could see like his alien blood smeared on his thumb. I mean, it just oh, looks so good. And even those battles, like what you were talking about, I mean, just the movie was so epic. Like yeah. just seeing all that stuff going on, it didn't matter who was fighting who, like just, golly, you know, man. You know what they didn't have? Remember in the end of the trailer, how it shows them all running through the, the Wakanda? Yeah, they never had they that. They never had that in there. You know what? What? The Hulk was in that scene from yeah, the trailer. Yeah, he was. And the Hulk never became Hulkish. Right. He refused, which I thought I thought that was actually refreshing too. Like that was really cool just because in the past we've seen, you know, when the Hulk comes out, then, you know, that's, you know, he's just going to lay waste and stuff. And I loved how Bruce Banner had this inner turmoil with the Hulk and like how just he wasn't able to bring him out. And I don't know, like, like that was a, a bit of a surprise. That was, an, that was the first scene was epic in itself on the spaceship. Uh-huh. Number one, they had Idris Elba's character die and he was, I loved him in all the, the Thor movies. And I'm like, ah, crap. But then he throws, you know, Hulk through space and time <laughs> to get on Earth. Uh-huh. That was epic. And but Thanos was like, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was so awesome seeing that, though. Uh, and then we had, you know, um, uh, Loki die, uh-huh. and that was epic. Yeah. Um, but what I thought what cheapened it was, okay, you have the Hulk, and he's fought Thor, and Thor's been slamming him in the face with his hammer and everything, you know, getting electrocuted, this, that, and the other. And then he has a fist fight with Thanos, and he's like, oh, okay, well, punch to the kidney. Oh, well, now I'm getting thrown to the... Remember, like, he had what? one of the Infinity Stones in his gauntlet. That was the Power Stone. That's what made Thanos so strong. And then, and then he got the second um, Infinity Stone from Loki, which was the... I can't remember which one it is, but it was in the Tesseract. He right. was able to crush it and take it off. And remember, too, this is Thanos. Like, he's a formidable character in the Marvel Universe right. by himself without the gauntlet. I mean, this is not someone to be trifled with. And I think that that was the point that you were seeing is that, like, Thanos with just one of those Infinity Stones was able to just knock out Hulk with very little uh, resistance whatsoever. I mean, it, but it was still cool to watch him grappling together. And I hope... Uh, and you just know, you know, the Hulk is going right. to come out in the second part. And then the, we're going to see what's going to happen. Cause Hulk really is one of the most powerful characters also in the Marvel universe. Basically like the more damage you do to him and the more like pissed off he gets, I mean, he just gets stronger and stronger. So right. exactly. Which is what I thought was going to happen on that ship. Anyway, I'm wondering if, one of the kill-offs is going to be Bruce Banner and we're never going to have Bruce Banner again and we're just going to have the Hulk. Oh, that's that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You smell what I'm stepping in, Russ? Mm. I do. (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly... Okay, so let's go into expectations of what you're talking about. What what kind of expectations do you have for part two? Okay, so I... I'm thinking they're going to either bring some characters back. They're, obviously, Thanos is going to get um, defeated somehow. That's just it yeah. is what it is. He's he probably not going to die. And I hope he doesn't die. because He'll probably people, be like, like banished to some realm or, yeah, or something. Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, I, I think Doctor Strange is going to come out and he's going to have to you know do something to get him banished. 
I think a lot of characters are going to come back. They might use the gauntlet to bring a lot of the characters back. I think maybe they're going to have to select and choose because it's going to be heavy. And I think they're, they're introducing us to say that, okay, we can take these characters in, we can take them out, we can do whatever we want at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're going to have to choose and there's going to be some weight. I think there are more characters are going to be offed for sure. We're never going to see them. Um, and there's going to be some scars from the, from the second movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm, I still think in a way everyone's vulnerable. I think it could be captain. It could be iron man. It could be both. It could even be, I don't know if it's going to be Thor or not. I mean, Thor's just got this new power. So mm, I don't know, but I think it is going to provide an opportunity to introduce new characters. Oh, yeah. Well, you already... Oh, really? They, they show it at the end. I mean, really... Okay. Hey. So you am know I wrong? It, so you know it's... Am all, I wrong? Of course, you're expecting that. Everyone's expecting that. But I think... I, w- I would almost expect that they would... Okay, so the end of the film, okay, we okay, see okay, okay. that Nick Fury has contacted Captain Marvel. So we know that Captain Marvel is going to be in the second part of the movie. I'm curious if there will be additional characters that have not been teased that will be in the second part. Wait a second. I just had a thought. I just had a thought, Russ. This doesn't happen often. (laughs) What? Do do they have a release date for the second movie? It's next year. I, I don't know the exact day. I wonder, in between now and then, if we're going to get a separate Marvel movie with just Captain Marvel. We are. Ah! Really? Mm-hmm. How do you know? I did my due diligence. Oh! Yeah, so check this out. The only Marvel movies that are going to come out between now and part two, one is the Ant-Man sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, and I heard that, yeah. Captain Marvel. And that's it. And then we're going to go right back into part two of Avengers Infinity War, which if you recall too, see, here's the thing. Hawkeye was not in this one. Yeah. And I thought I was, I was trying to think because I thought with that whole government bureaucracy scene that we Uh, all kind of roll our eyes at. Yeah. um, Roll our our eyes, like plural, you know, because there are more than one. Uh, (laughs) I thought they mentioned him in there and I couldn't put my finger on it because it happened kind of quick. And I thought they may have, they may have, well, you saw it twice. There's just there's a lot to digest. I'm going to have to go in there and film it with my cell phone so I can see it again. My hope, though, is that we do see Ant-Man, Wasp, and Hawkeye come in. Because like, it would be a shame if they didn't have some sort of presence within this two-part True, movie. although somewhat their presence is insignificant. I mean, you never know. You never, you never know what they may be able to hash up in order to take advantage of their particular skill sets. You know what would be kind of cool? Is if we had the Venom movie, which I'm very, 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 very much looking forward to, and then they bring Venom as a guest in the second they're, part. They're not going to do that. <laughs> they did it with Spider-Man. <laughs> they're not going to do that, Steve. Whatever. Nothing. I'm just saying to be cool. <clears throat> would, would it what, not, what, what would he do? Would it not be cool? What? I mean, it'd be cool to see like Venom there, but I mean, Venom, what's he going to do? Beat people up. I don't know. <laughs> help out the way you can. I, they're looking for I'm anything. Gotta help. Spider Man. Oh, he died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, 
definitely looking forward to Captain Marvel because I really don't know anything about her character other than the fact that she is supposed to be one of the most powerful characters also in the Marvel Universe. They're starting to really bring out the heavyweights well, for this. To. You can see what can be done with good script writing on an epic movie like this versus like Justice League. Like completely different. Absolutely. As far as the left is from the right. I mean, I think, I think DC is kicking themselves right now. I think that especially after watching this and seeing just, <laughs> I've said this so many times. It's like, I am blown away by the fact that they have not copied the basic recipe of just doing the standalone films and then do the team up film then break apart again, do the standalone films, and then just rinse and repeat. Just do it over and over and over, and then steadily add additional standalone character films into the, the world of the DC Comics film universe. And it's like, it's like they have some sort of horrible case of ADD or something. Like, just the way that they're trying to fast forward. It's like, no, no, you can't do that. You, you're turning a filet mignon into, like, a, a fast food Happy Meal or something. Like, you just... No, like like your fan base will grow. You will get the same kind of success, but you have to take your time with it. And they need to do a better job casting. Yeah. That's another thing too entirely, but without uh <coughs> <Batman>. <laughs> <laughs> without digressing too far with that. Let's jump into some IMDb trivia. Okay. And then afterwards we can give our conclusion and our ratings. Or aren't we? Ah, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> So, okay. Avengers Infinity War trivia courtesy of IMDb. Tom Holland, who uh, plays Spider-Man, was not allowed to read the script for this film since he revealed too many secrets for Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017. Oh, slap on the wrist. The Wakandan war cry, Yabambi, which I've, I wonder what that meant because I've heard him um, yelling that from time to time. I'm going to see if I can pronounce this correctly. It's Zahosa for Hold Strong. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yabambi! You know when they say that's it? That's pretty sweet. <clears throat> Steve Rogers, who plays Chris Evans, had a new look for this film. Wait, at the- Steve Rogers, who plays Chris Evans? What? You said Steve Rogers, who plays Chris Evans. Did Steve- I say that? Yeah. All right. Other way around. Sorry, a little, a little bit of dyslexia nothing but Rewind a little bit. <clears throat> How about this? Steve Rogers, Chris Evans. <laughs> had a new look for this film at the end of Captain America civil war in 2016, Steve Rogers quit as Captain America, something which occurred several times in the comic book for the first time. He assumed the identity of nomad Rogers costume in this film captured basic elements of the nomad character in that it is primarily blue and features yellow disc like objects attached at the collar for the second time. Steve Rogers quit he was featured to have grown scraggly with a beard and he would eventually shave the beard and create a new identity as the captain. Consequently, the physical appearance and costume for Steve Rogers is a combination of the two most popular times he quit being Captain America. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm, nice. This is Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans' ninth time playing Iron Man and Captain America respectively. This ties them with Hugh Jackman, Wolverine from the X-Men film franchise, for those of you who are living under a rock, 
for the actor with the most appearances as the same superhero. The times taken for Evans and Downey to accomplish this milestone. Evans, it was seven years, and for Downey, it was 10 years. Add up, check this out, adds up to the time taken by Jackman, which was 17 years. Wow. Pretty crazy, huh? Robert Downey Jr. requested the furniture from his house in Los Angeles be shipped to the filming location in Atlanta, and the movie studios complied. Okay. Method acting there, I suppose. I don't Mm. know. The first trailer for this movie racked up more than 200 million views in 24 hours, setting a new record for the most trailer views in a single day. I think we talked about that. I think we did too. After debuting Wednesday morning, the trailer earned 230 million views in its first day, according to Marvel. This movie's record viewership dethrones the previous champion, It, the movie It, in 2017. Hmm which earned 197 million views when the first trailer dropped earlier this year. And I remember that was marketed really well. I remember we talked about that. on. Well, Jordan yeah, Gasm. they made the trailer basically a replica of the original trailer. Right. All three Marvel Cinematic Universe phases have referenced either an Infinity Stone or the Infinity Gauntlet. No, no surprise there because we did. We have been seeing more and more of that. Natasha Romanoff. Sports a whitish blonde hair color, making her resemble Yelena Belova, who for a time impersonated Black Widow in the comics. Nice. She almost looked like Storm in a way from actually A little bit, yeah. yeah. Entertainment Weekly confirmed that Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, will go by the codename of White Wolf in Avengers Infinity War, as he was called by the children of Wakanda in a post credit scene of Black Panther. White Wolf in the comics was T'Challa's adopted brother, Hunter, who was the leader of Wakanda's secret police, the Hatut Zarazi. So a little bit of interesting uh, trivia there for you. Mm. Now, to wrap things up, just because <clears throat> we have officially been chatting about this for two hours. Actually, I, I want to, I wonder if this has been, this is the one movie where we had three major Chris actors all together simultaneously. Chris Pratt. Chris Evans. I think there's a third one. There's mm-hmm. a, ah, um, oh, oh, I thought there was a third one. Is there a third one? Uh, Chris. Somewhere. I'll look it up. Okay. Continue. I'll look it up. Now you got me all curious. Chris Hemsworth. There is what you you're go. Yeah. 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 Very good. Thank you very much. Some Chris representation on this film. Chrisage. <clears throat> so yeah, it's, I mean, it goes without saying here in conclusion, to me, this movie is a magnum opus. It's culminating 10 years and 18 movies for this very moment for movie number 19. I think that folks such as Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers deserve massive kudos nah. for steering this ship towards the finish line and honestly providing fans with a movie going experience that will continue to entertain future generations. I mean, like I, I stand by my claim. I don't think it's better I do not think it's better than Empire Strikes Back, but I do think it's on par with Empire Strikes Back in terms of just the the pacing of the film, um, the 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 way it was edited, the 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 development of Thanos as the antagonist, being able to take its time, not go for the instant gratification, really be able to flesh things out, have that that um, sense of of consequence and accountability 
the gravity of just what's going on um, overall that that affects the not only the Earth but the entire universe, the way it ended, just all these different things going through and through. It's like. Yeah, to me, and I'm sure there will be people who disagree. Like, no way, man, because I mean, Empire Strikes Back is on such a mantle, right? There's never anyone who ever disagrees, Russ. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Opinions are like a-holes. Everyone has one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, really, it's the epitome of a summer blockbuster. The explosive action is perfectly paced. It's, it's breaking seldomly for like a, a joke here or like a touch of, of romanticism here and there, but honestly it's warranted. It's, it's something that helps to just bring together the, the entire package. And yeah, I mean, it's just, to me, it was just awesome. I mean, it, it go to me. I, I handily give it five stars to me. Like, <laughs> like that, like this kind of film, like, like if there was never a part two, like if this was like the way to end the, the Marvel storyline or whatever, you know, not that I would be completely satisfied with that, but just as a movie by itself, a standalone film, um, it, to me, it, it was just a five star experience. I remember coming out of the theater with you and just, I remember saying, I, there is nothing else I, I, I wanted from that film. Like that was exactly what I was going for. I hand it over to you. Well, if you're going to make me rate this one, and it sounds like you are, Russ, here's what I'm going to say. I agree with a lot of stuff that you're, you're, you're saying. I had goosebumps pretty much throughout the entire movie. When I mean, usually when you have a summer blockbuster, there's like this climax where you're like, oh, that was so awesome when that one thing happened. This movie, it's like beginning, okay, second half, okay, third half, you know, da, 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 and there's so much good stuff in this movie. It's hard to pick, you know, all right, there's beyond like just one good moment. There's good lines, there's, there's good scenes, there's great expression, there's great animation, there's great music, there's wonderful interaction and chemistry. And either I was yelling, screaming, laughing, my, my, you know, being totally quiet and still like, what's going to happen next? Sort of thing, you know. <laughs> Petrified. And, yeah. And rarely does that ever happen. However, I, I'm resistant to give it a five-star rating because of like what we I was saying earlier with some of the parts that I felt personally were cheapened a bit. Does that say it's a bad movie? No, it does not. But I think I, if you're going to make me rate it, which you are, I'm going to say... I'm gonna. I'm gonna either say. Well, we've never done like we've always done things in quarters. No, no, we we've either done whole integers or halves, like no, like point fives. No, I've. Well, you have. I have said. <sighs> okay, fine. If you're gonna make me do it, I was gonna say a four and three quarter. But if you're gonna make me do a half or a whole, I'm gonna say four and a half. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I felt. I also. I mean. I don't know. I, I didn't like that. I love Peter Quill. I love all the Guardians of the Galaxy, but that whole thing just made me have a bad taste in my mouth. The way that was written, I think that they needed to uh, have a different way of people uh, turning to Ash. I think that should have been a lot more serious and uh, just not fluff. I felt that they took Vision out way too fast. We didn't even hardly even got to know Vision really, and he's he was the character I played in the arcade like all the time. I wanted to see Vision. 
have his own movie or whatever. I thought you played as Cyclops. No. X-Men, Russ? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my mistake. Good grief. I was getting my arcade cabinets mixed uh-huh. up because there was one that was the Avengers and there's another yeah. one that's the <laughs> X-Men. What movie did we see last night? I don't know. X-Men Returneth. Yeah. yeah, you know, Magneto <laughs> comes out and whatever. I love Magneto. Anyway, and Wolverine joined and then I don't know what happened. They could join forces, you know, part of the Marvel Universe. Anyway. You know, there is a story. A crossover. I know. Of the Avengers and the X-Men. I know. That'd be pretty sweet. And the X-Men have been sucking as of late. That yes. could there could be a way to really say, okay, here they're coming back. I think my prediction is they're they're gonna have like the next big uh ensemble is gonna be the uh, Avengers and the X-Men. Oh really? Wait, you didn't say that before. Were there any expectations? You're gonna come out with it right now? Well, no, we talked about it in a previous episode of Joygasm. Remember when, when we realized that Disney was striking a deal where they were able to snag the remaining characters from, uh, I believe right. it was Fox? Okay. Because they, remember they acquired certain parts of Fox? You know, if that were to happen, Ross, they might reintroduce the new Wolverine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, if, if I'm, you're forcing me to do it. I'm going to say four and a half based on what this whole thing was. Now that could change when the second movie comes out, because if I compare the two and rate them all as one, I could just say, okay. Well, and I think that'd be a fun thing to do. I think that what we'll do is we'll, we'll rate the part one and part two by themselves. And then we will do like a, just an overall. Uh, Okay. Just because it's going to be. It's just going to be very different to see how part two comes up with part. Cause part two could end up being crap yeah. and we're like, Sucks. well, yeah, that one's awful, but this one was great. Yeah. I doubt it. Or what? it could just, but, well, and see, that's one of the, once again, oh, oh, it's so beautiful. The fact that they shot, they've already shot part two. I know they, they did the both part one and part two together, which is super smart. And so now it's literally just up to the post production houses to be able to kind of get through all their items on the to render list. And so, yeah. Uh, you know what? I went, they, Black Panther just needs to become more panthery <laughs> as far as his fighting style. I think he just does too much martial arts. I want to see him like throw out his claws and be like, you know, ripping those aliens to shreds and stuff. And I, I asked for that. And the Black Panther movie, because that's what we saw in uh, Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And I want to see that also come out in the next movie. I think that we did see that even in part one, but I think that's also a testament to just the the sheer scale of the battles that were going on. Like, I don't know if you noticed or not, but there was like this one kind of sweeping camera shot of Wakanda. Mm -hmm. And like, you had like all those weird, like demon alien Mm -hmm. dog things coming in. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that, that his suit went off at one point? Went off. What do you mean went off? Okay. So you know, like his, no, no, he was naked. (laughs) 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 Somebody, somebody, I can't fight like this. Uh, (laughs) Uh, and that thing that's in between your legs is all shriveled up because you're a little scared. <laughs> anyway, um, no confidence right now. Th- there, there was a scene where like it was kind of like this this um, panning shot, and it was kind of like almost like a helicopter view of just what was going on. Drone view, yeah. If you recall, his outfit. You know how his outfit absorbs the kinetic energy, and then he's able yes. to expel that back out. Yes. There was a scene where like it was like this panning shot, and then um, these 
like all those like weird alien dog things were like coming out and you saw like this purple, like it was small, but it was like those. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, like that was him like exercising like like that, that ability in there. But due to the fact that there were so many like creatures and characters going on in this battle, like it almost seemed insignificant, which I loved. I mean, once again, this movie propelled the notion that there were it, the situation was so big and so dire and it was a war that it wasn't like any one superhero had the limelight and could do something. I, I suppose like when Thor came in, Thor had more of a Ha-ha! moment at, you know, toward the end. Awesome. But, but actually we didn't even talk about that. I know. We didn't even talk about I like know. the scene There's, where like yeah. he like sticks it to Thanos with the, with the storm breaker. I mean, I so love freaking okay, awesome. Just since we're talking about it really quick. <laughs> okay, I, okay, 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 I, 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 I loved how like he gripped the back of Thanos's head and looked at him and said, I told you, I w-. what do you say? It's something along the lines, something along the lines of like, I told you I would kill you for that because, because he killed um, Loki. Yeah. You're wiggling your fingers in my face. That's what we need a camera for. So people can see you wiggling my <laughs> fingers in my face. But I loved how like he was just like doing that. I mean, it was, it was, to me, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he like shoved the ax in a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah. And even even like the like the way um, it was sickening too. Just when Thanos was like, "You should have like cut my head off or well, yeah. aim for the head or something," and then you like you look over and you see him just go, and you're like, "No!" Like I was thinking to myself at that moment, like before um, that that snap happened, I was thinking, "Oh yeah, this is the typical Marvel ending where you think he has all the power and stuff, and then Thor at the last moment comes in and saves the day, but then he didn't." I'm like. That is the payoff. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And then we see Thanos waking up and like, you know, he's like smiling, looking at the sunrise and stuff and just, and then it goes cuts to black. I'm like, that is what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't peter out. You know, one of the other scenes, I don't know why it hit me in the feels, maybe because <clears throat> Groot sacrificed himself a couple of times. Yeah. But uh, when the Groot Jr., creates the handle for the axe. I don't know why I love that scene so much, but I got chills down to my ankles. I thought that was incredible. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, no, I did too. I, th- I thought it was great. And just, it's just, it's so cool to watch Thor just man up. Uh, yeah. Like, like again, he too is like one of the most powerful characters. Like you yeah. have certain superheroes that are on the power list are not as high as others. And it's just great to like, <sighs> It's just, it's such a great time to be alive right now. I'm so happy. Such a great time to spend all this money on <laughs> movies. <laughs> <On> merchandise. Merchandise. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm, I'm probably going to see that movie easily like five times in the theater. I've already seen it twice. I only need to see it three more times. I know I'm going to be taking the wife to go see it. I'll probably see it again with you. That's four. Uh, I, don't see it. I, I know you're probably going to go see it at least one more time. You know, I have to see it one more time. I think the theater next or close to us has a little bit better subwoofer because like I was saying on the walking out of here, I thought they just needed to crank up the bass just a dead bit more. And that mm. would have been, I want to feel it in the ghoulies. You know what I mean? Do you have any other parting comments before we wrap this up? No. Uh, how much time have we been talking about? Because it only feels like uh, 45 minutes, but we've been talking probably about three hours. Like the movie, Steve. I know the movie was two hours and 36 minutes, and I, even though I saw that movie back-to-back twice yesterday, which was five hours of watching time, it really only felt like I was in there for like two hours. Yeah. 
We have been chatting about this particular film for two hours and 14 minutes. Oy vey. So if you've been sticking with <laughs> us this entire time, we definitely appreciate oh, it. Thank you. And thank you for that because it has been, I mean, it's, man, this is, it's so fun to talk about this movie. It is. It's, it's just rewarding. I really, you know, I think it's one flick away from taking out little action figures and going, <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, when you think about Star Wars The Last Jedi, like, like I was sincerely excited for that movie. And even though it had certain moments of brilliance in that movie, overall, it was a disappointment. And had this movie not come out and been executed the way it did, I think I would have really lost my faith in a lot of movie making, just, just when it, as it applies to kind of more of the established IPs like Star Wars or you know, the Avengers, whatever it is. And I'm so relieved and I'm just, I'm just glad I can just exhale. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to love watching this movie over and over and over again. It's going to be so fun to be able to relive that, that experience. One thing that's going to be a little bit interesting is when Deadpool two comes out and we see that, uh, what Brolin be cable, uh-huh. Josh Brolin. Um, if, if, it, if he's going to be able to hold the line, because we're gonna be thinking about him going Thanos, 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 Thanos. You know, and not, yeah, you know, not Cable. He's a good actor. I think that we'll be able to accept him as as Cable. And that's one of the brilliant things too is the fact that I believe it's uh, Fox that um, has Deadpool. It's not Sony. It's Fox. Hmm. Are you sure? And it's because it's a different studio, he was able to. I think at the time when the contracts were signed and stuff, he was able to to squeeze in being Cable in addition to being Thanos, which. That's pretty cool. And the really thing too is that of course Thanos is a CG character. So even though they it has Josh's likeness to a certain extent, I mean it's not like the actual actor playing. Hmm. And Deadpool 2 is right around the corner as well. That comes out next month. We have both Deadpool 2 and what was the other one? Han Solo, a Star Wars story oh, I was coming thinking, out next I was thinking month. Marvel, not, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, Marvel? Huh, I don't know why. You tell me. <laughs> do you have any other comments? That'll do it, Russ. That'll do it. Are you a happy man, Steve? I'm happy. I'm very happy, yes. That makes two of us. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week as we review our current play impressions of God of War, in addition to a slew of other developing stories. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and pledge $1 a month. That's a buck a month for exclusive access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com slash joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. And until then, we'll see you next time. Later.